fantastic song there by uh, Sam Smith. Is it Sam Smith? I believe he's called uh, "Writing on the Wall," which is Gosh, the Spectre. I have to bow down to your music. Um, yeah, it's by Spe- it's uh, the song for Spectre, um, oh, the James Bond right, film. Okay. And I was um, yeah, yeah. there's going to be a running theme of sort of uh, of songs that are related to films. Oh, okay. I thought it was kind of interesting because okay. I actually for once prepared <laughs> some songs for today's show of mentally sound. Tia and Spice of You're not feeling well. No, I'm feeling actually quite good, actually, which I'm sure we'll get on to. Um, but a huge thank you for joining us, everyone, for for 12 till 2 p.m. Uh, maybe going a little bit longer because we were slightly delayed getting on the air, which um, I'll not get into. Um, but yeah, so um, this is a show all about mental health. We are here for the next two hours to talk about all things uh, mental health. Not um, not just because uh, I was going to joke actually before we started to get into this about saying that uh, welcome on this very depressing afternoon, and I didn't mean us being depressed. I meant just the weather. Um, we're going to actually like you know talk about a number of different things. It's the ceiling um, that's looking a bit depressed. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can, we, basically, we use depression in a number of contexts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, uh, um, we, we apply it to all all things. So, um, yeah, the, um, those that like it's becoming an ongoing, ongoing joke. Um, ongoing gag, yeah. The, yeah, the, the, the for those that don't know is that yeah, the roof in this building um, has a leak that they can't ascertain where it's from, mm-hmm. and it is currently leaking onto the couch <laughs> in the uh, studio. Which um, unfortunately, our guests who are waiting to be spoken to at half 12 got an early shower which they weren't <laughs> which they weren't expecting so um, but other than that it's a fantastic studio <laughs> just just, so, just in case anyone's listening so um, yeah um, we've got a real jam-packed show um, we mentioned we've got some guests uh, uh, waiting uh, patiently in the wings I think well that's actually just going to be Jean isn't it um, Jill, uh, Jill, yeah. Jill, Jill sorry um, yeah so um uh, yeah, and also we got a pre-record from the Blade and Shed, which is um, a huge, um, hugely nice thing, um, which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's actually a good starting point because we're going to play the pre-record from that, and then we're going to mention what's that in relation to. Mm-hmm. But uh, we did talk about this on previous episode that we were going to go to the Blade and Shed, which is a mental, uh, um, basically like a sort of um, a shelter for men over eighteen, and mm-hmm. given the op- which obviously um, the, the guys who run it, Fiona and Dean, will talk about mm-hmm. this in because uh, we've got a three-part pre-record. They're they're tuning and listening, um, by the way. So oh, great. Well, um, Fiona and Dean. And oh, yeah, because aren't they open today? Yes, um, Tuesday and Friday. Oh, that's cool. Well, yeah, a huge thank you to them for, yeah. for inviting us. And um, it was a really nice little trip that me and Ricky did on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And we got about nearly an, uh, just under an hour of pre-recorded material. So um, we're going to play all of that um, over the next two hours. And as we just touched on, we're going to play part one in about five minutes uh, within the next five minutes mm-hmm. um, so we're going to talk about that in a second but as per usual on our show we always uh, start the discussion by asking Ricky my good sir how are you feeling? Uh, apart from a little little grogginess in the throat I'm alright <laughs> yeah, yeah. are you willing to talk about that? Um. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well okay so yeah last night I went to the live theatre and it was actually involving a previous guest of ours do you remember Joe Douglas who did Clear White Light uh, oh yeah I had a feeling that's what you were going to say actually so he was involved he's involved in another show called Mm. Approaching Empty which I got sent a free ticket for which I'm absolutely thrilled by and gladly took the invite Um, so Approaching Empty is is a new is a current play they've gone they've got on Uh, it's on to the 23rd I said I'd give a review because I bumped into Joe yeah um, at the interval and yeah uh, fantastic um all Asian cast. It's about a family. Sort of, it challenges the dynamics within a family, uh, set against a political backdrop, but also challenges dynamics in terms of like into you know how work sort of um, fits into uh, the, the daily carry on and how it affects them personally and with each other. 
Um, I don't want to give the plot away, but yeah, an offer comes in to buy the business and so forth. So they have to sort of like present with them a dilemma um, as to how to, to go on from there. But really well acted. I really enjoyed myself. Great. Um, and this was last night yep. for the context of the people. And um, I came home really late and it was freezing last night. So <laughs> that explains the, the thought. The yeah. Um, well, that sounds good. Are you good in Are you good in, in yourself other than that? Like, I yeah, know, I'm not um, too bad today. Yeah, or okay. Yourself? Good. Good, actually. Um, it was funny because I had a really um, nice conversation with my partner last night um, in relation to mental health. And just saying that um, I, I definitely feel like I went for a period of time uh, recently of just feeling very down. Mm. Um, and I think... what Do you what's mean been, the last past few days? Yeah, or? like, well, usually with, with someone who suffers bipolar disorder, mm. which I do, <coughs> is um, they, they you go for a period of like sort of seven to ten days where you don't feel particularly right. Yeah. Um and that that and it it sort of feels like it escalates and then it kind of mm. tails off mm. and that's kind of how it felt like because I went for a period of time recently where I just didn't feel um it kind of started um around about the last show because right. I never told you this after doing the mentally sound last last <clears throat> time but I didn't feel very engaged in that in that show um but i didn't because i didn't feel very good mentally mm-hmm. um but i obviously you know felt i did a good enough job because i no one seemed to notice mm-hmm. um and i and I, you know, I tried to act professionally but i really didn't feel that particularly good mm-hmm. um and even afterwards i came went back home and um my, my partner um noticed that i didn't seem to be my usual because i i always feel really good after doing these shows yeah me too. um and i just felt off uh-huh. um and that sort of like stayed with me for a while and it's only really been the last like two three days that i've actually Mm -hmm. started to feel sort of somewhat um my old self again um but again i'm just saying this because it's good to to discuss live on a the symptoms of this kind of thing did you feel that way on when we went to bladen (laughs) a little bit kind of overhanging a little bit um uh yeah and um it probably i mean i'm glad we did it and i'm the guys listening to this um you know i really appreciate the invite and it was a really good time but um yeah, it it was like, but you know, whatever I was going to do was going to be a struggle, and yeah. I know we we were, we were trying to get that organised for ages. <clears> so I'm glad I did it. I'm just saying, yeah, that um 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 I, that was sort of the height of feeling the way that I was, and then sort of it no, tailed off. Yeah, the there's no. Yeah. It's good that you admit that, but there's no shame, is there? Because like, how many ta- how many times I've come into the show and saying I've been quite anxious and so yeah. like it's been affecting me and sometimes i worry about how how will it come across is it unprofessional but you know mm-hmm. that's that's what we're here for yeah um, um and speaking of us being here um thank you so much for all the retweets we've got so far it's been quite 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 nice really um uh, lots of retweets um about us being on the show so hopefully i'm i'm, I'm hoping uh, people are tuning in now um that, that haven't before as we say it's a mental health show called mentally sound uh, we've been around for a while um and yeah, so um, if you want to get in touch with us, um, I have the Twitter up for us right now. We're at underscore mentally sound. If you have any um, uh, any questions for me or Ricky or any of the following guests. Um, so as I say, uh, Jill Dixon, who's uh, sitting in the studio right now, patiently waiting, is from the organization To Paradise for Glenn, a sponsored walk from the Tyneside Iris Centre in Newcastle upon Tyne in memory of uh, Glenn Dixon, who sadly uh, took his life last year. Um, raise awareness, awareness of mental health um, and all that kind of thing. So they're going to join us... As I say, around about um, half 
12 um, after we play this pre-record and some ads. And then Fiona and Dean, what we just touched on, we'll get to that in a second from the Bladen Shed. And Joanne Hitchens, who's the head of the regional development at Papyrus, Papyrus a national yeah. charity dedicated to the prevention of young suicide. There goes my dyslexia, because I had no I was like, I had to read that like several times. I had a, <laughs> I had a great chat with uh, Joanne yesterday. Great. She, she's stoked to be on the show, so I'm looking forward I, to it. Excellent. So she's going to join us as a phone interview yeah. round about one, mm-hmm. uh, so in the second hour. So yeah, so before very quickly, before I play um, part one of our pre-record, um, do you want to uh, do you want to provide the context um, of how this started? Uh, just very quickly well, uh, for, for the blip mentioned like just how it came to be well yeah i mean so very quickly uh i think a year ago after we talked about men's sheds it's become like a phenomenon as you say it's become like a communal sort of place for men to so um I- get together um who for whatever reason can't get out of the house it provides respite care there was a nice example that fiona gave where a guy who was looking after his terminal wife and the shed was like you know so important for him to get out there um yeah, and we've been talking to Fiona and Dean for a while, and we tried to get there for, for quite a while, so it was great that we eventually made it. Yep. Uh, and I think they're probably the best uh, local example of what that um, sort of uh, establishment does. Mm-hmm. And, so, um, so we sat down in her office, just to provide the context, and we're going to play the pre-record now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in part one, uh, we discussed um, how Dean and Fiona met, yeah. how the idea for the Blade and Shed came <laughs> to be. Um, I just say, like, because of the dripping... Um, <laughs> how they met they met through a drip in the, in the season, yeah. didn't they it's almost like it's written in the stars yeah because <laughs> yeah, um the, the reference as you'll hear yeah. uh is that um they, they she had a leak in her ceiling and she lived above dean and then he went up to complain with a plumber and then they could be married now for 15 years <laughs> so it's uh you know the way people meet is quite hilarious um you know that's how my partner met actually uh yeah. <laughs> no, so you did a really funny line in that as well which i listened back to it and went it's nice that someone uh, meets over a flood <laughs> <laughs> i was like when you said that i went oh my god but then i went yeah and then i went yeah uh, and my my example of my randomness i know but then i i i added to that by going yeah let, yeah it's a natural disaster yeah. but you've met and then <laughs> <laughs> i just thought it was a funny funny line from your good self so Thank you. uh right cool so we're gonna as i said so about the blade and shed how fiona and dean meet and then part two we actually talk to a guy called jim who actually uses the blade and shed so um and then part three is a more um is a more bigger picture scenario of like their future yeah. and other examples of people they've helped over the three years that they've mm-hmm. been around. So this mm-hmm. is Dean and Fiona and us at the Blade and Shed last Tuesday, and then we'll be back right after this. Hello everyone, this is obviously Stephen and Ricky, and we're here uh, sort of live in this pre-recorded sense um, at the Blade and Shed, which is really nice because we've talked about Blade and Shed before, and we've been mm-hmm. trying to get these guys on the show for a while, mm-hmm. and so we've me and Ricky have diligently took the trip um to bladen to interview these guys actually in the bladen shed yeah. had a bit of a tour which i'm sure we're going to discuss with the guys so we're here with dean and fiona hello guys hello, hello. um pleasure for sitting down talking to you. obviously ricky's here as well and um he'll crowbar in some questions thank you very much thank you. um um it was a very nice trip i mean I, I i joked i joked with ricky i think it was a good starting point to say that i felt like i was being shameful for my geordiness by the fact i've never been to bladen you know considering it's in the song and I like going, like going here, going. I feel like I fulfilled the dream yeah. by coming to see you guys. So I really appreciate person. it. Strictly yes. between us, I had before I came here. Oh, really? Okay. So where are you guys from originally? Just as a kind of fun, fun um, segment. I am from the lovely area of Chopple. Okay. Uh, yes. This is a Chopple lad, and I'm a Stanley girl. I come from Stanley. Uh, yeah. All right. Okay, Stanley. Oh, okay, cool. Um, My dad used to do markets down there. 
Yeah. Stanley Marcus. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, he did all over. Hello, like, hello, Peter hello. Lee, Stanley, hello. Everywhere, Mr. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said Stanley. I thought you said Stanley Marcus, hello, and that was hello, his surname. Hello. Oh, good old Stanley. Good old, good old Stanley Marcus. I remember him well. I remember him well. Yeah, that's really what that sounded like, and I was, I was like, okay, I get what you mean. Like, you were being, you were being nice. Oh, um, but anyway, so um, so how did you? Um, I guess just we'll do the personal st- uh, yeah. the, the sort of how you guys met is interesting as well because I don't know oh. anything about that. Um, do you want to talk about that? Well, that's or? Quite a funny story. Um, right. I moved into a flat in Benjamin Gateshead uh, fifteen years ago uh, now, and from living in Chester Street, I moved over there um, for jobs and stuff. Um, easy to get work in Newcastle and stuff. And I moved into an upstairs flat in Benjamin, and I did not know he was living underneath uh, below me until three months later. I got a knock on the door, and I used to run my bath tap for my cat. Because right. like, he liked to drink out of the bathtub. Guess <laughs> with me on this one. There's a point for this. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of on a slow drift. Now, unbeknown to me, there was a leak in my bath, which was flooding the downstairs tenant's oh, okay. bathroom. Yeah. Okay. So I got enough <laughs> on the door, and Dean was stood there saying, Hi, I'm from downstairs. Yeah. You, you're kind of flooding my bathroom, so I've had to ring the plumber. And I was like, Oops. <laughs> I was having to sit on the loo with a towel on my head. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and like, then the light fitting blossoms, yeah. would just blossom the water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, see some showers. <laughs> must deal with that. <laughs> must deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. Three I'm months doing, that took him, yeah, yeah, three months. I'm doing two things at once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so, so, so it didn't start well around. because I imagine there's a few curses going around Dina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's too late back for that. He, he was just like, oh whatever. <laughs> so it's a free water sauce. Um, so yeah, he came around with the plumber the next day, and he, the plumber insisted on bringing me upstairs. For some reason, the plumber insisted on bringing him why. with us. Yeah. I think it was a bit of matchmaking yeah. going on there, you know. Oh, that's cool. Single so woman, then, single book. And he, st- he came around the cupboard, and he never left. So, like, six months later, I was like, yeah, you marry this guy or he's just going to... I doubt in my it's life... It's going to feel weird. It's going to feel weird if he just stays right, forever yeah. and I don't marry him. Yeah, because yeah. I doubt in my yeah. lifetime yeah. looking at you and I'm yeah. talking to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. A natural tragedy. Here we are. We've joked about this before because we talk about charities. It's a mental health show that we mainly do. But we've talked about how, like, films have like um, kind of weird weird approaches to mental health and then you're thinking your yeah. story about how you used to meet <laughs> yeah. was a 90s romantic comedy <laughs> comedy <laughs> film you know yeah. because um, I noticed this and I heard <laughs> it on a podcast once is that um, why was every romantic film for like uh, when I was growing up because I was born in 87 so like mm. with all the all the romantic comedies I ever saw you know if you think about them all the big ones like Notting True. Hill and all that sort of stuff yeah. and um, and um, what was the one with the um, Meg Ryan that I always forget Sleep the name of Seattle. Sleepers in Seattle Oh, yes. The whole premise of all them romantic comedies is basically nag the nag the woman to death until she can't say yes, no. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I'm not suggesting you did that, Dean. Yeah. Uh, but uh, well, that's took, what that I sounded like. Three yeah. months later, we were engaged, mm-hmm. and he wow. said to me one night on the sofa watching TV, and he said, um, "How about we give it like you know." 67 years and see how we feel yeah okay oh that's true that's and I was like oh, I like that that's I think myself is he proposing sounds like it eventually yeah three months later we got married I like <laughs> that I like that line I don't know if that's nice great line that was nice but cool so I mean this is a nice transition then so because obviously talking about how you guys met like I mean how did the idea 
for for this because obviously um, just for context for the listener because yeah, sure. we um we we've had a two hour before we came here so I've got a lot of questions in terms of the the shed but ob- the obvious starting point is to say when this idea came to be and uh, yeah. like the, just sort of history of like because yeah. I know we'll get onto that there's more than one sheds and there's a there's a bunch of them Absolutely. but how did this one particularly start and this um, this idea basically for years I mean even as as recent as 2013. But going back before then, I had an idea that um, due to growing up with a lot of male friends around me, um, I was bullied all through school mercilessly by women and girls. And um, so I always tended to have male friends after that. I was like, well, I'm safer with them, you know? And they looked after us. And they yeah. um, so I saw what they went through from being sort of 13, 14. And growing up, I had a lot of very close male friends. And they would naturally come to me with their problems and say, why is this happening? What's going on, you know? Ooh. Um, and I, I saw what they were going through and, and my heart just kind of like went out to them. I was like, there's nowhere mm. for these guys to go and, and get help or mm. advice. Um, and some of them were really struggling with really severe mental health problems and getting no help or support whatsoever from anyone out there. And I just thought, well, this, this can't continue. It's not right, you know. Um, life kind of took a hold and a bit of a turn for me because then I lost my mum. She'd been ill for a long time. Yeah. Um, I had a breakdown when I was 20 after her death. Um, mm-hmm. So life took a bit of a, a bit of a turn for me. Uh, so I was busy sorting myself out when I moved to Gateshead and met Dean. But way back then, I thought, eventually, no matter how long it takes, I'm going to do something mm-hmm. that will help men. I'm going to, no matter what. Great. 2013, and I started getting involved with the men's rights movement. Mm-hmm. Um, online, I was very active in that. Um, and that was a whole world that I didn't know existed. Um, and that's certainly that's certainly a conversation from the time there's, there's an awful mm-hmm. lot that needs to be out there about that because that's an eye opener um, not just the good side of it there's also very not so good side to the men's rights movement as well very sinister um, and that's a lot of people that, don't know about that yeah. Yeah. you make me think you make me think with a question about that but go on yes. um, so I got involved with them and I again I was really just kind of pursuing sort of support or advice to, to see where I could go to build mm-hmm. this place in my head and even 2013 I was referring to it as this shed for men without even knowing about the sheds movement I didn't have a clue it existed Um, I was telling people I want this centre where guys can go and just be themselves and do their own thing and people going okay if you're not (laughs) not getting very far and then somebody in this group said oh have you heard about the men's sheds and I was like oh no what's this went off on a search and I was like great got in touch with them can I set up a shed they went yeah sure on you go and I was like okay so Dean came home from work and I said, Dean, I want to set up a men's shed. And he's like, <coughs> This is not a new thing. <laughs> okay, sweetheart, we'll do that. <laughs> what do we have to do? <laughs> How much is it going to cost? <laughs> did, you have to clar- did you have to clarify it wasn't like a four metre by four metre shed? It exactly, was like, no, yes. Yeah. It was like a lot more complicated than that. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, I just but need some we- storage. <laughs> um, that's basically what I'm saying here. We basically <laughs> had no money. We didn't yeah. have two beans to rub together. We had no support. We had no Nobody who knew what was going on about the sheds. Um, so we were starting from absolute scratch. And we basically did it. I did it a poster and circulated it around Bladen and shops and newsagents and libraries and all that. And I said, right, we'll hire a room in the community centre along the road, um, Bladen Community Centre. We'll hire a room, £10 an hour. Okay, it's not too much to pay out. And we'll hold a meeting and we'll see if anything happens. Nobody turns up. We've got a whole cake to ourselves to take home. <laughs> <laughs> we went out with cake and tea bags. And we said, right, if nobody turns up, worst case scenario, we've got a cake. 
and went along <laughs> to this meeting and advertised it and thought nobody's going to turn up are they nobody's going to turn up prepared for the worst and we had like six guys walk in mm-hmm. and we were like somebody's here mm-hmm. they've turned up and a lot of those guys are actually still with us Great. And have been with us since then. And yeah. it was kind of, for the first three months, we all basically sat around in this one room in the community centre, around a table, like this, just drinking tea. And the guys were going, so, are we ever going to do anything? Yeah. <laughs> Apart from drink tea and sit yeah. around a table? And I was like, okay, they're getting bored now. This is not good. Yeah. Um, and it was the community centre. I don't know if you know the community centre along the road. It's um, it's like got a daycare centre as well there. Yeah, we, we saw it. Um, we saw it so that was there, becoming we? slightly awkward because yeah. we had we couldn't switch our mobile phones on. We couldn't open the blinds because the children were playing outside. Okay. And we weren't allowed to look at them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if we went along the corridor, to what, if one of us went to the toilet, we had to kind of eyes front and center. You didn't dare look either side here where the, where the children mm-hmm. were. So it was really uncomfortable. And we were like, mm. I was like, okay, we've got to get out of here. You know, we need our own space. We got, we got told that there was a room in here that we could hire possibly for doing some woodwork in, you know, or something, or storing some tools in. Okay. Storage. So we came and looked at it, and then we were like, all these rooms just sitting here, yeah. doing nothing. Mm. So I, I wrote this very, very long letter to the church, St. Cuthbert's Church, and said, look, you've got all these rooms just sitting here, mm-hmm. doing nothing. Can we turn it into a men's shed? Told them all what we want to do, our aims and goals. Mm-hmm. And they came back after discussing it with their committee and said, well, we'll give you it as a peppercorn rent for a year, pound a week for a year, and see how you go. Mm-hmm. And we thought, well, that's great, affordable, and yeah. it gives us a chance to see where we're at in a year, you know? Yeah. See if things even going to fly. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were like, oh, it's a bit sexist, it's a bit this, it's a bit that. I said, well, it's not really, because actually there's a massive amount of stuff out there for women. There are support groups, there are charities, there are women's refuges. We don't actually have any refuges for men in this country. Yeah. So that was one of my questions, actually, that I... That's it. And that's only recently been set up, yeah. But yeah. Some, of have, sh- sorry, some of them have closed down. There are nine shelters. Some of them have closed down. Up that were um, serving male victims of domestic abuse. But half of them have closed. Well, most of them have closed. Oh, okay. and, and the until that, there was until that, that was only two years ago. There was ne- there wasn't a single men's refuge mm. in the UK. And even those occasionally, we we have heard from first hand from some people uh, who who have gone there that uh, a lot of those centres that, that are open to men partially. Would have women there. The men are kind of treated like lepers, and it's very or very difficult to kind mm. of criminalise their every movement. And they're put watch. next door to like no. violent women, <coughs> which is basically the thing they're trying to get mm. away from, yeah. which is not so conducive to, to helpful. It's 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 not really something that's catered. So very early on, you identified that there was a lack of peer support amongst men Absolutely. that you wanted to address. Yeah. Now, I just wondered from that when you thought of the shed, it was that the same. When you discovered the Men's Sheds Association, was that the same vision that they had as well as you did? That somehow a shed seemed like a a very communal sort of gathering place that was an alternative to the pub or something? Yeah, yeah. kind of. I, I was a bit kind of put off by the sort of lack of input they had. Mm-hmm. And they kind of said to me, well, oh yeah, off you go, set up your shed, you know, that's great. And if you need any sort of policies or documents or tablets, mm-hmm. we'll send you them. I said, well, like what? I didn't know. I didn't have a clue. I'd never done this before. Mm-hmm. And they were saying, well, just tell us what you want. We'll send it. You know, mm-hmm. thanks. On you go. So you just kind of left going, uh, hello. Well, I don't know what I need. What I don't do know what documents want? I need. I don't know health and safety <coughs> risk assessments I need. I, I haven't got a clue, you know. So it was like, oh, so we're very much alone here. 
Um, and it was basically you got in touch with the council and said, look, we need some help, you know. Um, thankfully, we did get some support for a while in terms of getting all our health and safety protocols and procedures and risk assessments done up. Um, but that's where the involvement ends because, well, <laughs> conflict of interest and, and the fact that the council are very much... Uh, keen to take over a project and and keen to get involved with the management of a project mm-hmm. if you want to get involved with them and I mm-hmm. refuse to give control of the shed to anyone because mm-hmm. then it will change mm-hmm. yeah um so yeah. I will sort of defend this you know to the to the death sort mm-hmm. of thing uh, we've worked hard on our own basically and self funded um we get little chunks of funding from around the country little various trusts and and smaller charities charitable foundations and we don't we've never gotten any large chunks of money the big lot region mm-hmm. want to know mm-hmm. things like that there's still a lot of i think there's still a lot of stigma attached to men's projects yeah mm-hmm. there's still a lot of people go oh why, why do they need them mm-hmm. on their own do you know mm-hmm. what i mean mm-hmm. great because that's actually a nice point because what we're going to do now because we'll we've been going for a little bit of a while is we'll take a break because we'll be okay. taking a break in the studio um, so this is a nice transition because when we come back to talk to you again um, after this break, which will be in the studio, is um, it's a good way to talk about what you just said about men's about um, men's health and everything and about mm. about their ramifications. And we've talked about how the shed came to be, yes. but I guess the bigger picture is an interesting discussion. So we'll talk about that mm-hmm. after we take a break now. Uh, so we'll be back with Dean and Fiona after these messages. For the community, by the community. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. Welcome to your community announcement answer machine. To broadcast your community announcement on Spice FM free of charge, call 0191273988. Select option 3 and record your message. No more messages. Spice FM 98.8 FM Tell me, is that happy, baby? 
As I touched on, now that we're back in the studio, the only good thing about that Batman film, <laughs> which, which I think was called, but was it Batman and Robin? I'm, I'm convinced it was. Yeah, the when Joel Schumacher George, was it? Clooney? Yeah, where George, where Joel Schumacher, who was the director who also did Stargate, which you know I hugely thank him for that, and mm-hmm. um, where he thought nipples were the <laughs> were the greatest thing because he was the one who introduced nipples onto their um, onto their suits. Okay, and it like <laughs> creates such a foyer at the time. Uh, um, you know, because they were like, does that really necessary? You know, was what that only Mister Freeze in that one? Yeah, one? Okay. I think that's yeah. Batman and Robin. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, um, not 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 the best idea, but anyway, yeah. But that was Kiss from a Rose from Seal, and as we just touched on, that was part one of Fiona and Dean at the Blade and Shed, and we'll be playing part two uh, after our phone interview um, at one o'clock, so around about quarter past one. We'll play part two, and then we'll play part three towards the end of the show, and yeah, two o'clock, um, where we talk about 
wide ranging. We also talked to Jim, um, like we touched on, but we'll get to that when we play it um, at quarter past one. Well, I'm delighted to see Jill, who's been waiting patiently and um, hopefully not too wet from the drum of flooding, <laughs> uh, joins us now. Um, you know, from the organisation to Paradise for Glen, which is in relation to our son who tragically passed away last year. So, um, Hugh, thank you for coming on, Jill. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's no problem at all. Um, obviously, um, I was going to ask you how you are. I guess just in the in the generalised, because I think it's always a nice question to ask with a mental health show. So that's just how you are at, the, at this present time, just in general. More, more before we get more specific, I think it's very helpful for us at the moment because we are focused on planning this charity mm. event in yes. in memory of Glenn. Mm-hmm. That it's helping us to focus on the future and it's mm-hmm. it's keeping us very busy. And I think mm-hmm. that's that's good too. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, so I guess in general, before we discuss about Glenn uh, in as much detail as you're comfortable with, um, I, I think kind of an interesting starting point would be to talk about mental health because it's an interesting transition from what we, what the audience just heard at the Bladen Shed because they make a shed just for men, as in the opportunity to um, the opportunity to go somewhere and ex- and be comfortable with their mental health and to be open and all that sort of thing, and as we transition to talk about Glenn and what happened to him. Um, do you feel in your experience that, you know, because we talk about statistics here in the Northeast that men's mental health, uh, you know, that statistically men are more prone to suicide, for example, which Particularly obviously young men. Yeah, I mean, young yes. men, which is what we're talking about. And yeah. so do you find in your in your lived experience of what's happened uh, in your life that, that that's an issue that needs to be addressed? Oh, absolutely. And I think um, often people talk about the fact that men are less able to or feel less able to talk about their feelings and to, to open up. I don't actually think that was the case with Glenn. I think mm. there's more than one reason. Okay. Mm. And I think in his particular case... It was linked with sort of low self-esteem, and I think yeah. you, you have this feeling that you don't want to be a burden mm. to people that really you're mm. not worth yeah. worth it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's why you keep it yourself. It wasn't a macho mm-hmm. thing with him that you don't talk about feelings. Yeah. Because he was a very caring, compassionate person, and he mm. would listen forever mm-hmm. to other people's problems. Yeah. Um, and show enormous <clears throat> empathy to them. So it certainly wasn't that. But that is a factor, I think, mm-hmm. with men. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, actually, funnily enough, uh, in part two of the interview we just discussed, um, there's a guy called Jim who we t- discussed who uses the blade and shed, and he he said something which I think was an unbelievably interesting point, and then we'll discuss about Glenn. But I, I'm just curious about, like, do you find what he said to be accurate? Because he touched on that we men have been grown up as a generations for a long time obviously with the world wars and everything and and you know we've been in a war the 20th century was a war-ridden century and so men have this sort of um i guess not to generalize it but sort of a stiff upper lip camaraderie type mm-hmm. thing but it means that they take a long time to trust and to be open and when he said that to me i never looked at it that way and thought it's not necessarily that men have this kind of stubbornness aspect it's that they were kind of forced into feeling that way um and so the idea is to maybe um, let men be in a situation going forward to be um, comfortable with the idea Absolutely. of expressing themselves. Do you, do you agree with yes, that notion? Yes, I think so, because mm. a lot of it is the, uh, the way that we bring up boys and girls differently. Yes. And there's that, a lot of studies the, mm. that show mm. uh, whereas girls are encouraged to, to open up exactly, about their feelings yeah. and then talk, yeah. encouraged mm. to talk, mm. as you say, it's it's very much with a, oh, you know, with man up and yeah. stiff up a lip and, oh, mm. don't be a sissy and, mm-hmm. you know, keep everything bottled up and... 
and, and not express it. And, of course, that's the route to disaster mm-hmm. mentally, keeping yeah. things mm-hmm. tied up inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's a, it's a cultural thing yeah. as much as anything. And what we would like to see is people able to talk about mental health I- in an open way, mm-hmm. in the same way as you would talk mm-hmm. about physical health. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it should be no more strange or odd than that there shouldn't mm-hmm. be, shouldn't be a stigma attached to saying mm-hmm. that uh you know i have this mental yeah. illness any more than i have this physical illness mm-hmm. because me- mental illness mm-hmm. is physical illness yeah. it's not something made up it's not something <coughs> different the two are the same thing mm-hmm. so it's so interesting because we talk about that so much on this show no matter what the guests are uh, you know in, in a sense and that doesn't you know i i want to be clear is that i don't it doesn't derail that every story and person is important and very very essential but it it, it is quite um frustrating i guess this yes. might be the, the right word is that there's so many examples of that um where where we just um um, and I touched on it before we started the interview, and I think this is a good segue to talk about, mm-hmm. Glenn. It's about um, prevention because I'm curious as to if you're if you're okay with this to talk about what happened to Glenn and what you think the mistakes that were made. Because you know, people who look at suicide in a kind of taboo way, I think look at it as like a, a cop out and as someone who's been suicidal and in my period of life because I have a disorder that makes me suicidal some some <coughs> of the time. Um, I understand that it is a last resort type thing. So, can we talk? Like, so just talk so, about yeah. how Glenn got into that situation and what you think could have done to stop it. Yes, I mean, uh, certain things we only found out afterwards. You know, that helped put things in context. But I yes. mean, if I can explain a little bit about who Glenn was, yes, yes, yeah, he um, very much had two sides. He had a very serious side. He was. Uh, <coughs> got a degree in history he studied history and politics and he was very interested in oppression if there was any kind of um, minority he would Mm. support them he was Mm. very much for the underdog Mm. he would go on demonstrations if the edl were marching he would be in the counter march can i just say i i i haven't met i didn't meet glenn fortunately Mm. but i do recognize his Mm. face as being there and just on your point before about um he sounds to me like someone he in terms of like self-care and he sounds much like a lot of men boys that i know it was a case of you caring deeply for others as you say minorities but but when it came to self-care there was a bit of neglect neglect absolutely yeah Yeah, i think that that's very true indeed and uh you know many many friends got in touch with us after he died saying what a difference he Mm. had made Mm. to their lives because Mm. he would listen he was caring he would Mm. remember Mm. uh you know and and he was always approachable Mm. and would give you as much time as you needed Mm. he wouldn't walk past somebody homeless in the street if he had literally nothing to give and he he ended up when he died he was quite heavily in debt he had no money but he would mm. give them the time of day if he could give nothing wow. else yeah so he had this serious side to him and i think he cared deeply about mm. things mm-hmm. now i think that itself could be a warning factor if you're you know if you're too involved and you take on the troubles of the world mm. none of us can solve all the problems mm. yeah so if mm. you've got that burden and you're carrying other people's yeah. problems mm. around with you i think that's part of the mm-hmm. factor mm-hmm. Yeah. but he did have um a fun side he, he wasn't all serious he yeah. loved to laugh he loved to to sing his heart out and be daft and dance be, be mm. amongst his mates and have a, a jolly time and people remember him as being full of laughter and mm. full of joy and i think this was the other reason 
nobody really picked up on it. Yeah. He masked it incredibly well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He yeah. fooled everybody. He fooled <coughs> us that mm. everything was all right. He fooled his friends that everything was all right. Mm. And when a, a crisis arose in August and he came to the attention of the health services and the authorities, mm. he was taken into hospital because there'd been a disturbance at his flat and the police were called and he had injured himself and he was threatening to kill himself. Mm. He was taken in to hospital and was assessed as low risk. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, <laughs> but possibly, again, he was so good at masking the problems yeah. that he fooled them as well. Mm-hmm. Now, he was still waiting for his first appointment uh, in November. He still hadn't had an appointment, and unfortunately, it was on the 5th of November he took his own mm. life. So... It was uh, too do, late. Do you know how long? Do you know how long this waiting period was? Um, because it it's was usually very August. long. It yeah. was from August. Um, See, that's the and issue. I think now. it was okay. been the end of November, possibly mm. the beginning of December, before he got his first yeah. appointment. Mm. And obviously, a, a crisis arose in the meantime, and it was yeah. too late. It's been fascinating talking to you because there's there's, there's so many there's so many um, criteria in what you're saying, and 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 I'm so pleased you said as well, and thank you for saying that. Is that the great thing about talking about Glenn, and uh, you know, he comes across as the way you describe and a very complex character and also the fact that you say that he was very like you know um he, ha- he had a good you know good attitude about things he was very caring because i think so many people pigeonhole people who are suicidal myself included um that they go well he's so f- like that they're, they're so serious or depressed mm. or whatever it is and you're exactly describing a, a lot of people who actually the actual real facts are yes. people who get to that stage are actually people who are just going through a bad time but are yes. like you know not somebody who uh, is a downer and is is not you know, have the, they have something to contribute? Yeah. You know, do you see what I'm, do you yeah, see what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, it's it's partly it's the it's the way we use vocabulary. We talk about depressed as being a synonym for sad. Yes, and depression mm-hmm. is something completely yeah. different yeah, to, to being sad, which is a fleeting emotion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whereas depression, as a condition, yeah, is yeah. A, it's about feeling oppressed and depressed I think yeah. by a, a wave a mountain mm-hmm. of problems we use the word we, we we've said this a long time I know Rick, Rick, Ricky says this a lot is uh you, you say about um we use the word I remember we've had a com- private conversation about this where Ricky said a really good point of we use depression too much as a yes. word Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. Um, that you know, when people go like, "I'm so depressed because yes. I miss my bus" or yeah. all that sort of Absolutely. stuff, when it's it really devalues the actual word because yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. Um, yeah. it's not that sort of thing. So, um, so tell us then about um, because there's so many complicated stuff. But I want to focus on um, the positive aspect of this. Okay. If there is one, uh, there is this walk. Um, so how did that um, idea how did uh, come, it come about? about? Well, yeah. uh, when Glenn died. <laughs> We didn't really know that he had as many friends as he had, that he touched so many lives. Mm -hmm. We were inundated with hundreds of messages from people who'd even just met him and mm. he'd had an impact on their life because it's been very was, humbling to learn it yeah. was it was overwhelming yeah, we were yeah. just in shock to be honest mm. and we'd said instead of uh flowers at the funeral would people make a contribution make a donation if mm. they wished to mm. uh Tyneside mind great and great. um great. there was a number of just giving pages set up mm. in his memory and there was a number of activities done and i think in total there was around four thousand pounds raised wow which was great. just incredible great but if his friends felt that 
they still wanted to do more. Yeah. He'd been in touch with a number of friends right from he was just, you know, a little boy in school. They'd yeah. kept in touch. Yeah. And they mm. were a close-knit group. And it was one of those particular friends, Phil Morrison, who came up with this idea. Glenn was a fanatical Celtic fan. Mm. That was his happy Correct. place. Uh, <laughs> but he couldn't often afford to get to yeah. matches because, obviously, it was expensive. Yeah. But he would go to the Tyneside Irish Centre to watch yeah. matches there, and yeah. he had a big cohort of friends. Mm-hmm. In fact, it was a lovely comment there that somebody made was that if Glenn walked in the room, everybody used to shuffle up to make space for him. Everybody mm-hmm. wanted him to, to sit wow. with them, which was, a, you know, again, a <coughs> wonderful thing to And to the Irish Centre has been instrumental in, in helping you with, with this walk and sort of setting up? Uh, not particularly, not, not exactly. We just... Uh, chose that as a starting point oh, to, if you okay. like, link the two places together. Right, okay. So we're starting at the Tyneside uh-huh. Irish Centre mm-hmm. on the 24th of August mm-hmm. and finishing at Glasgow Celtic Park on right. the 31st of yeah. August. So it's eight days and it's around about 150 miles. Oh. And has the club been in touch? As like how they? Yes, we're in contact. I had we had a meeting yesterday with uh, Tyneside Northumberland Mind, right. and we're in contact with their fundraising and event organizer okay. at Celtic Foundation, right. and we're trying to sort of liaise everything together right. because it's mm-hmm. um, it's unusual, I suppose, having a dual charity. Mm. And if you like, the mind side of things was for us. Mm-hmm. It's something mm-hmm. we believe passionately in yeah. raising awareness and, and understanding. Mm-hmm. But the Celtic Foundation are very much. Um, looking after people who are marginalised in society, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, poverty, getting people back into education, into employment, mm-hmm. and those are very much things mm-hmm. that Glenn would yeah, have supported. Yeah, yeah. So it Brilliant. was just nice to bring the two things to, yeah. together. We're hoping to raise a lot of publicity at this end, mm-hmm. but then we're going to move up to Glasgow and, and get in touch with their media and such like and try and raise interest in that city as well. Mm. Sounds great because, I mean, at the end of the day, um, as we say, we, we discussed um, uh, sort of um towards the beginning of last year um about the suicide rate here in the northeast mm-hmm. for particularly males as we as Ricky just touched on earlier is is the worst in the uk mm-hmm. um and and i think you know kind of like a bit like mental health i mean that that's the sort of bigger picture but if you specifically talk suicide which we've talked endlessly on this program is to t- is to say that it's about time we don't look at it as just like oh you know because you see how people when they say that someone committed suicide it was a bit like the, we talked about there was that there was that girl who was on celebrity love island who was um yeah. who was from here who committed right. suicide and it shocked me looking at the answers on on online mm. of people who just went oh that's a shame and my 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 anger and frustration yeah. seeps in there because it's like well we could do something about this mm. um and i'm just in a way it's it's so rewarding to hear someone mm. like yourself in it's that even situation again in the vocabulary it. we yeah. use when you say commit suicide that dates back to the time when it was a crime yeah exactly you were committing a crime yeah you try you find yourself saying it sometimes because it's so ingrained mm. but it's, it's he took his own life mm. yeah the way we prefer to yes. say it rather than well, yeah. i think that there's, a, hi- there's, there's a highlight there because when you said that glenn had been waiting months for treatment mm. and, and going back to the earlier point where in comparison to physical illness we wouldn't tolerate if someone no had to wait that length of time for something physical it'd be like well, it was a, you know a life-threatening disease exactly, if you yeah. think of it like that yes um, it's a life-threatening it disease it's a stock comparison but yeah, oh yeah. just oh you're you're, yeah. you're low risk so yeah. we'll just you know put it down yeah <laughs> thank you for, for, for rephrasing that because it was one of the things i wanted to ask you because as someone who's been through that system of mm-hmm. being evaluated and deciding like how bad a person is do you think 
in because Glenn, I think, sounds to me like a good example of this because I think I for a while was in the same situation because I never felt because I had such an an easygoing, uh, like kind of fun loving approach to things mm. is that the byproduct of that is that is an aspect of his personality is that if he did have a problem, he may not have been taken seriously, and so my point is is that them tests i don't think are a valid no. way of of because if if a person's personality is such like that and feel that they don't as you quite <clears throat> you said this earlier about not wanting to put somebody out if yes. they feel the way they do yeah. is that they are they really accurately going to give you a proper portrayal of how they feel if they're going into a test score and this is the first time i've ever told somebody this and so i'm just going to like lowball my answers yeah. because i don't want to freak anybody out so do you think that's what it's, happens it's unfortunate that i suppose there's no definitive test it comes down to somebody's personal judgment yes exactly and yeah. you've only just met this person and if, if they can come across as you know intelligent and cheerful <laughs> self-aware mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then yeah possibly you know and yeah. he said yes i would agree to engage with with mm-hmm. getting help and support and they saw this mm-hmm. as all positive signs mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and you know that that resulted in him not getting the help that he needed mm-hmm. sadly yeah. Um, what do you think? Um, do, you, do you want? I was going to. S- well, I'll let you. Do you want to uh, I was just going to say what, uh, 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 which I think, um, you know, it's it's quite a wide ranging question, but I think it's quite an, quite an important one. Is to just ask you, what do you think, based on what's happened, needs to change in order to stop this happening? What would you? What, I know that's a very yeah. loaded question. <laughs> it comes down to money, doesn't it? It yeah. always does. Yeah. Uh, when we were at Mind yesterday when we had a a sort of planning meeting with them they were saying there is so much more they could do if they had more people there are you know Mm. they could cut down the waiting list they could set up things up Mm. and they're trying as desperately as possible they were saying if there's a counselor there and somebody counsels Mm. rather than just sit there and wait for the next one they'll go out and say is anybody else want help come in you know i'm Mm. here for for 10 minutes so they're, they're desperately trying to provide the help and plug the gaps in the health service but they don't have enough money and they don't have enough people mm-hmm. uh, trained so this is where we hope that we can raise as much money as possible we'll go towards helping them mm-hmm. um, get more people seen more mm-hmm. quickly mm-hmm. anything else you want to add yeah to well if you remember steve so we we talked to a, a guy on the last show who'd lost his brother to suicide and asked him has it because he's campaigning to get i think um mental health training amongst teachers so they mm. can identify signs in, in pupils. Definitely. So I asked him, has that been... And, it's, and it, like yourselves, it has been quite fresh for him. I think it's been a year since he lost his brother. But how's it? has it been therapeutic for you to now, as, as Stephen said before, channeling all this energy into into this walk and raising awareness? It definitely has. For you and the family. Yes, it, it has, because, it, you know, you feel devastated, you mm. feel lost, you just... Yeah. You know, You're always asking why, aren't you? And yeah. Well, of course, and I mean, you you could torture yourself forever by trying to yeah. to think what if. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, a number of his friends were really distressed as well, and we've mm. had to talk to them, and they're saying, "What if we'd noticed? We could have noticed mm. this." And our attitude has been, "Well, you can't do anything about the past." Mm. Yeah. And in the present, you've only got two choices: you mm. either go on or you stop. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to go on, then 
it make it mean something. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. As I say, if it can get people talking, and it has already, mm-hmm. a number of the groups that uh, Glenn was involved with have sat down and talked about mm-hmm. this. A sort mm-hmm. of group of young men have, mm-hmm. have started asking mm-hmm. questions like, "How are you?" Mm-hmm. and not, a, you know, getting a glib response yeah. like you're doing yeah. there, but being able to so actually, <laughs> I'm a bit low at the minute, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And somebody mm-hmm. else said, "Well, what can we do to to help?" And that's that? okay to say that. Yeah, and it's fine. Yeah. Said nobody's going to yeah. laugh at you and call mm-hmm. your names yeah. because you said. That, because so. um, unfortunately, we talked about depression being used too much. But you know how, like, how are you became the standard almost greeting, yes. and then you can't actually answer in an honest way because they want you to just be like, "I'm good now. I want to talk about me." Whereas yeah. you know, I actually ask, "How are you?" In well, a kind a of general of a bore, isn't it? When you ask yeah. them how they are, they tell you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, oh god, we've got to talk about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they said they're not yeah. doing very good. Damn, I wish I hadn't asked now. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah. I, 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 I hope. That we start understanding that how are you is a legitimately nice and if you say it in a genuine way and an important yeah. question to ask. Yeah. It's more than just breaking the ice, isn't it? No, it, it should be. It should be loaded and impact. But the point the, the point I was making, like you just said, is if you say you you should ask. And at my my point is, I was I, when I worked as a youth worker, I used to tell kids this: is go if you say how are you be prepared for whatever their answer is yeah, don't yeah. expect it to always be a positive yeah. one so yeah. that and that's really the crux of what what mm-hmm. this whole discussion's been about is that we mm-hmm. don't know how to handle if someone says mm-hmm. oh i'm not doing particularly well yeah. because we've not we're not spending enough effort or time or money mm-hmm. into teaching kids mm-hmm. right from the offset we always go on about tools to get into the adult world yes. but we didn't never give them tools to deal with mental health I like really really young as well there's a lot of things where people are saying oh you know if if you're suffering reach out for help it's okay to ask for help now if you are suffering that's probably the last thing you feel like doing mm-hmm. so sometimes it's about mm-hmm. the rest of us around yeah. the person mm-hmm. noticing something's not quite right and feeling able to say something seems a little off again i, I referenced the, the one of the latest time to change campaigns it's like they have it on bmats now and it's it's asking people like is there one of your regular yeah. friends who's not there Maybe it's a good idea to give them a ring. Yeah, or just CLDR. just send a text yeah. or just Some, you know yeah. how are you Something doing. Really Sometimes simple. that can make, make a lot of difference. Yeah. And of course, Dave, the TV channel, did that campaign. Yes, with the comedy yeah, that's, right. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great. Um, I guess finally, because um, we always want to want to end on this spot a point. Obviously, you mentioned the walk. How can? Is there anyone? who are listening to this can they get involved in that process absolutely we would love them to uh we've got enough walkers great for for the walk it's it's really now down to sponsoring a walker or right. making a donation and we have a just donate page great feel free to up. feel free to share uh we've taken the the sort of branding the name to paradise for glenn and if people don't understand what that is which is understandable Paradise is the name of Celtic Park. I was thinking yeah. of a Celtic yeah. thing there. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. It's, the fans refer to it as Paradise. Yes. Welcome to Paradise. Okay. So okay. that's why it's the uh, the walk to Paradise for Glen. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, to Paradise Great. for Glen should find us. Yeah. Great. And the JustGiving.com uh, page is fundraising uh, slash to Paradise for Glen. Great. Mm-hmm. So people, I encourage people to check that out. Yeah, yeah. We, we try to give updates on Twitter and Facebook as we're, we're getting things organised and planned. And what were the dates again for the walk? It's the 24th to the 31st of August this Great. year. 
fantastic and congratulations for doing that um what i would like to say as well to end this interview because obviously what we've discussed has been very um you know suicide is a really important thing so the samaritans charity i want to mention because if anyone's listening to this and feels anything like what we've just described the samaritans number is 0191-232-7272 and we encourage people to um to to ring that number if you're Mm -hmm. feeling uh you know you can't run or hopefully maybe um even if it doesn't get to that stage um if you feel that hopefully this conversation has led you to go i'm going to tell somebody that i know and care about that i feel the way that i do um because um bottling it in as we've just described uh, Mm -hmm. is never a good idea um so hopefully that this conversation has encouraged people to do that uh thank you so much for coming in thank you um it's been an absolute pleasure thank you for for being so upfront and and like we just touched on uh very it's very admirable that you would do something as amazing as this and um well we feel like we owe it to glenn yeah we don't feel we're being very brave some people have called us brave for speaking uh, about it but it's yeah. it's just we found it obliged well, I, to I find the word him. admirable to be better because yeah yes. i'm not a fan of brave either no. because you often find that you know you're that's a the default setting so mm. i don't like the word brave should be normal, shouldn't it yeah, yeah but so even I'm, normal comes into contradiction yes, as well sometimes yeah, yeah. But, but any further announcements you want us to do get in touch we'll brilliant that's doing, great yeah. i mean nearer the time yeah. obviously we'll be sort of be mm-hmm. gearing up the yeah. publicity and it would be lovely for yeah. people to come and wave us off on the saturday Great. that would yeah. be brilliant mm-hmm. have a Great. big ceremony well let's, let's hope so yeah. okay Jill Dixon thank you so much thank indeed you. for coming in uh, right uh, what we're going to do now is play a break and then we're going to do a phone interview with Joanne Hitchens from Papyrus uh, right after these ads and a song so we'll be right back on Mentally Sound 98.8 FM Spice FM right after this sick of the same old radio sound <sighs> then you need vibrant radio spice up your life Spice FM 98.8 FM The Glasses Factory has arrived on West Road in Newcastle to celebrate the opening of our new flagship store The Glasses Factory are offering free eye tests plus a £5 voucher for each eye test conducted The Glasses Factory are always here to help We have multilingual assistants in Punjabi and Urdu and also both male and female attendants See for yourself The Glasses Factory 498 Westgate Road, Newcastle. Call 0191 273 8460. Log on at glassesfactory.co.uk or search us out on Facebook. Have you heard about the latest wedding and events venue in town? The New Bridge Hotel in the heart of Newcastle City Centre is now available for Asian weddings, celebrations and events. The New Bridge Hotel's newly refurbished Granger Suite has a capacity of up to 400 guests. And the Time Suite is the perfect setting for a welcome drinks reception. We are fully equipped for your choice of caterer to work from our kitchens. And we'll also provide all your crockery, cutlery, glassware and linen. The New Bridge Hotel, New Bridge Street, Newcastle, offering a unique, unforgettable experience for your big day. For more information, get in touch with our dedicated wedding coordinator on 0191 250 5400 or email sales at the 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, Spice FM, 98.8 FM.
gotta love a bit of Chris Cornell there. Uh, well, audio slave. Um, obviously, um, as as I actually didn't play this with that um, with the implied with the implied four bomb, but I might sound obviously I'm Stephen and we're here with Vicky, and um, yeah, I didn't realise actually the connotation of um, you know because we were talking about suicide and Chris Cornell actually did um, yeah, yeah, you know very, um, tragically. Uh, very tragically. Took Can I just life. say a quick shout out as well again on the sad sad theme, but uh, cab driver Richie who brought me here. All oh, right. Um, shout out to him. He also um, sadly informed me that a good friend of his took his own life last year, which goes to show how sadly common this thing is and we should keep talking about it there's no point sort of covering it up so yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and as you say i hope people don't look at this as because obviously as as we just touched on uh like at the beginning of the show we have a uh, we talk about taboo we talk about difficult subject matters but it's important because it's people's lives and it's a person and you know it's an individual and it affects so many people and, and, and it, it like you know that phrase a, a single life is significant mm-hmm. um and i and i and i think that's the reason that just we want to give a tri- quick tribute to jill because i thought she spoke really really well in regards mm-hmm. to you know it, it's only it's still very fresh after glenn's past so yeah, glad. because it was only last November. I never yeah, asked for yeah, that. Yeah, it was yeah. last year, so yeah. it's really not long at all. So mm-hmm. God, I mean, it's it's amazing that she's such a quick turnaround mm-hmm. to do something quite um quite phenomenal. She was very um, lucid. I yeah, think, yeah, I thought she'd handled that really really mm-hmm. well. And I hope we I hope we come across as you know genuine and um, um and humble about it because you know mm-hmm. I, I imagine it's not easy. I actually got quite emotional during that actually because it made me think about like my my daughter um now that I'm a dad and made me think yeah, like absolutely. how i would cope yeah, with it yeah. yeah i mean i always i always get teary when people say someone's lost people but it you know it does well i feel that way more. even as an uncle um, you know yeah yeah with my nep- nephews yeah. who i good absolutely point. adore yeah mm-hmm. yeah good point as well right well i'll keep uh, our next guest waiting because she's waiting patiently on the phone hopefully she'll be able to hear us um is um uh, Joanne Hitchens, uh, which is I love the word Hitchens because it reminds me of Christopher Hitchens. Uh, he's the head of uh, the regional developer at Papyrus, which is a national charity dedicated to the prevention of young suicide. So she's here to talk to us about, which is very appropriate considering what we've discussed, mm. uh, suicide prevention. Uh, off, offers you know telephone numbers and such like that. So Joanne joins us on the phone now. Can you hear us, Joanne? Hello, can you hear us? But we can't hear you. Hello. Uh, hmm. Is she here? Hmm. Well, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> she hung up. Um, that's very weird. Um, she, is she on the phone? I'll, I'll try and see. Ricky, segue. <laughs> Ricky, talk about something. Okay. Got to... <laughs> Hang on, two secs. Joanna. Uh, no, she's hung up. Okay. Well, we'll try and... Should we try and we'll talk while we'll try and get her back on. Maybe. Okay, so she's, something must have happened. Oh, well. Okay. Um, there you go. Anyway. Um... That's a shame. Maybe she'll call back. Okay. We never know. <laughs> well, Joanne, if you listen, please call back. Um, okay, well, well, we'll pause for just a few seconds then, and uh, we'll we'll go from there. But um, but uh, but anyway, yeah. So we were talking about suicide. Um, so yeah, as we as we touched on about suicide prevention, one of the things we'll we'll actually discuss about Jill some of the stuff that we never got to talk discuss because I was thinking that you know, and I said it brought up a few things. Mm-hmm. I was thinking with her example of our son is that a lot of the time you find that people don't want to assume that there's like a layer of a person like because mm-hmm. she's she said that you know it was a complex situation um mm-hmm. oh she's ringing back now so let's mm-hmm. see if she'll we'll, we'll try and get her straight on the phone um you ready yeah. let's see if this works uh, hello are you there joanne hello. is that you joanne hello hello joanne hello are you there hello joanne we can hear her, but she can't hear us. No, I don't think it is, Joanne. Hello? Who, who, who are we speaking to? 
How weird. I don't no. think that was anyone. I think that was somebody just ringing up about the show, really. Um, yeah. yeah, it didn't sound like it, it didn't sound like okay. it was her. Um, that's weird. <laughs> um, oh well. <laughs> okay, let me um, let me sort of text and see. Yeah, because I suppose obviously uh, just for uh, for people to be aware on this show, we don't know who's ringing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's ringing again. Let's see if it is Joanne this time. Okay. Um, hello. 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 Is this Joanne? Uh, who are we speaking to? Hello? 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 I think it is Joanne, but but she can't hear us. Hmm, how interesting. Strange. Yeah. Because obviously you could hear, you obviously talked to her, didn't you, like a few minutes ago, so... Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on here. Um, do, do she? Well, we'll we'll we'll, we'll make, what we might have to do is pause and try and see if we can get her later, um, okay. and see if we can like do this during the break because I don't want to keep endlessly trying to do this yeah. on the air. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll, what we'll do is play part two of the interview. It's in okay. in, 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 a, in a second, um, and then that should catch us up. Mm-hmm. And then if she if she can ring at half past, that would be perfect. So we'll try and we'll try and talk to her off air because we're not quite sure who's ringing at this point. Um, it it might you might you right it might be Joanne and she can't actually uh, hear us for some particular reason which is uh, which is strange. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll 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 try again in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So anyway, I, well, the, 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 I'll finish my thought by what I was saying about Jill. So um, so it makes you think because you've got such a complex character and complex nature. Um, is that um that you, if you if you come across as got a, um, like a, a sense of humor or that you come across as like you know a fun loving free spirited person which mm-hmm. i think i definitely showcased when i was there mm-hmm. when i when i was at university and stuff like that is um people don't want to think that you've got a problem and yeah. um, that you're that you that you are that you have a complex character mm-hmm. they want mm-hmm. you to be that person all mm-hmm. of the time mm-hmm. and that's why i asked her like do you <clears> think that he wasn't treated seriously what if he did have a problem he felt that you know because people love to pigeonhole people and go yeah. you're the funny one you're yeah. the serious one you're yeah. this you're that and yeah. that's not a good way to to, mm-hmm. to deal with human beings mm-hmm. i find mm-hmm. um so i yeah i do think um i, I do think that's um that that's part of the issue that i find that the, the people who end up in glenn's situation mm. are people who are not getting um the you know because as you you said this about the self-care aspect which i think is crucial is that there are people who are brought up i think and i'm definitely part of this group where they they have empathy for other people but no like sort of empathy for themselves um you know a way to, a way to um look after themselves they'll always put other people but to first. me it becomes a bit of a contradiction whilst caring for others is a huge huge co- um attribute to have as a person um in order to sustain that you would have to surely dovetail that with self-care in order to 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 comply with both if you see my meaning yeah so um yeah, I always advocate self-care, and, and, and if you have that quality of caring for others, which is great, and something I always do, and, and Glenn did, and I know, I know a lot of people do as well. I, I was thinking my dad in this situation, because um, he spent his whole life looking after others, making sure the family, everyone's all right, but the mm-hmm. the very person he didn't look after was him, himself, unfortunately. Yeah. So, like, you know. And as I, I often point out, I talk about this on the university course that I help out on, is, um, is to say that, 
I spent probably all of my 20s trying to work out um, how to be self-sufficient and how to be um, nice to myself um, and it took it took a, a lot of effort to reach a point where I feel yeah. like you know I do things for the sake of yeah. that I have to look after myself and, and, and yeah. do the best I can for the people around me and all that sort of stuff and Especially uh, in the full field of caring, I would have thought that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, because it, it it it's a very yeah because that is a very you have to be very selfless in that in that. Which is you why you know I always advocate advocate for like rights for carers and make sure they're all right and so forth. Before I forget to say, they were actually having a very interesting discussion about that on this morning uh, today um, right. that that Haley was watching, and she okay. was like, she asked us to come and watch it for a minute minute, and um, it would be they were basically asking carers to come in who are having like carers to phone in mm. who were having issues, and it was like a free number to talk mm. about how difficult it is for carers. Um, and how little help they didn't they segue into something daft afterwards. No, actually, it was no. quite an inter. I did, I did on my way out here one phone call that someone okay, phoned good. in about saying how good. difficult their situation was, mm-hmm. and I was like, I would, I would phone in, but the thing is, is I would say things that I wouldn't say necessarily like a sob story. I would say like, I made, I made another observation on a on a daytime um, show while I was yeah. watching before I came in. Yeah, but a certain talk show host, um, they were they were doing a segment on like celebrity addicts. And uh, it was all kind of done in sweetness and light and compassion. And my viewpoint, I'm not naming the person, but I think you might know who it is. But, yeah, but, but when it comes to when yeah. it comes to more vulnerable people, people who don't have much and, and you know, who aren't celebrities, it's like, right, I'm going to humiliate you before I, before I give you help. But because the celebrities were on today, it was like, no, let's t- tell me about your life story. And yeah, and exactly. Yeah. So I was a bit sort of. Okay, so what we're going to do now is we played part one of the Blade and Shed, mm-hmm. and so we're going to play that now so we can take a, a break and so we can try and solve the uh, the phone issue. Um, so this is with Dean and Fiona still, obviously, in the Blade and Shed. So this is part two of the interview that you just heard part one of. Um, but then they asked a guy called Jim, who actually uh, uses the Blade and Shed to use their workshop and to help people. And he's Fresh from adult. repairing his uh, clapboard yeah, motorbike. Yes, he's he's going to restore, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, so he is involved in this discussion we ask him how the blade and shed helps him and in terms of fiona and uh, dean uh, we talk about how the blade and shed uh, well we talk about the gym how the blade and shed helps him and we talk about men's ha- men- mental health in sort of a wider context like why make it a men's shed mm-hmm. and obviously like how how they've been how they've run and um, and mm-hmm. and how they finance it and all that kind of thing mm-hmm. so this is part two of our interview with uh, dean and fiona from the blade and shed uh, which we did last tuesday and it starts with Ricky asking uh, Fiona the following question. So welcome back, everybody. We're here in the Blade and Shed, and we're obviously still here with Dean and Fiona. Oh, that's and actually have, wrong. Uh, <laughs> actually, there's a set next bit. I've got that wrong. But, anyway, the facility. Um, but we were talking about, in the wider context, about the fact that it is a men-only club. Yes. And it was making me think, because you very kindly said when I was um, when I walked in about the congratulations on the baby, which is very sweet of you to say. And this is something that I've talked to on this show before about... I come across the double standard of of when your partner has a child yeah. is that they always say like these these manly things of like well we'll get the the husband to do this or the partner to do this yeah. and I and they never ask you how you're doing as yes. well when you go to these meetings and stuff which I yeah. find a fascinating thing because my partner said at the end of one of these meetings why do they never ask you how you are it's almost well, like yeah. they, they treat me like I'm yeah. a single person and I'm like I'm with you and I'm happy yeah, exactly. and anyway but I thought it was interesting context yeah. to why make a men's shed in the first place and I know you've touched on this already but like 
um, I guess because I want to ask both of you as well, you as well, Dean, obviously being that you are a male, is just why... Um, why yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, Miss Captain Obvious, yeah, but, um, but yeah, so just, but just the way, but yeah, just the, but the wider context of what, of, of, yeah. of the... The problem is it the age-old case of that men don't talk openly enough? Is it a, and um, is it considered, I guess, taboo? Because we talk about taboo on this show. What do you yeah. what What do you think? My take on, on it is um, we have put far too much emphasis on trying to essentially make men behave like women. Mm-hmm. Um, men do not respond. It's been proven to classic therapy of sit down, tell me all about your problems. There, there. It's been proven. Absolutely, there's evidence all over the place out there if you go looking for it, as I'm sure you guys know. Their traditional therapy is not always successful for a lot of men. Um, and it's down to very you know, antiquated methods of you should just sit down and open up and have a good cry and, and get all mm. your feelings out. A lot of men do not respond to that. And yeah. we have to acknowledge the fact that men are very different to women. Yes, women can sit down and have a damn good cry and let it all out and go and talk to their friends or go to the knitting group and have a good, you know, have a good rant. Men don't respond that way. And it's a basic, for me, it's a basic lack of understanding of how men are Yeah. and what men are. Mm-hmm. It, it's like we don't acknowledge that men are very, very different. It doesn't mean they feel less than us. Mm-hmm. Far from it. Yep. You have exactly the same emotions we all do, yet we treat men like their their emotions are not as important for some reason. Mm-hmm. I like the phrase you said just before you said is that you said a phrase that I thought was fascinating. Would you was you said that they don't men don't deal with things face men to face, talk, they do it shoulder yeah, to shoulder. That's it. Men don't talk face to face, they talk shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. Um and it's being banded around in therapy a lot now because they are they are starting to realise that traditional therapy is not successful for mm-hmm. men. For a lot of men come away feeling worse, frustrated, lost, confused and no, no, no better for us. So we've yeah. got to accept that men are different. Hmm. They need um, different So this is just a test for uh, you, Joanne, if you can hear me, and then I'm going to put you off hold and see if you heard this, you know, or if you could be themselves. Yes, yes, be themselves. And to be around other men, mm-hmm. we yeah. have to stop trying to put men into these little pigeonholes and trying to say, well, just, just have a good cry, just sit down and tell me how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Stop, what we're doing is treating them like they're women. Mm-hmm. And that has to stop, otherwise nothing will change. Yeah. Our, our suicide rate for men will remain four times higher than that of women. Yeah. Unless we stop, and just stop doing that, we have to stop treating them like they're women. Mm-hmm. And we have to acknowledge men for who they are, what they are, all the good qualities they bring, celebrate them for who they are, celebrate the fact that they are different to us. Mm-hmm. I don't want men to be more like women. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything worse, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, that's my personal opinion, but I think we need to just accept that men are men, Embrace them for who they are and respect them for who they are. Yeah. But on the same point, talking as well, allow men to, to embrace their sensitive side, which, Absolutely. Perhaps, which they perhaps have felt that they couldn't yeah. have done. Yeah, yeah, that was what I was thinking. Absolutely, yeah. Well, that was, that was yeah. The whole, the whole ethos of men embracing their sensitive side, however, it got taken too far. Yeah. yeah. That was the problem. Uh-huh. It was taken too far because I, I personally believe that um, a lot of therapists don't, under, don't understand enough about anthropology in order uh-huh. to deal with men's issues because men from time immemorial have been the hunters yes stoic. They, yeah. they deal with their problems on the they dealt with their problems on the plains one would shout across to the other are you uh-huh. okay whilst they've got an anaconda riding around their legs or something yeah. like that you know yeah um it's 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 
Um, silly things like that. But it was the way that we dealt with things. We didn't sit together in a group or we didn't stand around in a group like women did when they were doing the gathering. Yes, right? absolutely. They were sitting around taking care of the kids, etc. Yeah. So there is this long throwback of um, built-in um, ideologies that um, uh, men have. Yeah. It's built-in. It, it's hard-wired to not um, be so open to other uh, yeah. men, women, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can point. only do it in small, little small doses, little mm-hmm. bits at a time, and then again only when they become very, very, very familiar with an other. That's a really good point. One other person they can perhaps really open up to, yeah. really talk to, but that takes a long time, and for that to ha- happen within like thera- therapy sessions, yes, uh, it ain't gonna happen. Yeah, it's going no. to take... It takes years and years Yeah, and I was going to say, yeah. Because yeah. everyone expects it to happen in months and it takes years. Yeah. And in my experience, yeah. we misconstrued that somewhere along the line as men don't sit and talk about their feelings, men are not sitting there having a good cry, men are not sitting home at the end of every day telling me how they feel. Therefore, they don't feel. Yeah. Mm. They have no feelings. But mm. conversely, when they, when they are at home, on their own, mm-hmm. with nobody to talk to, yeah. just maybe a TV or a radio for company... Then, then that's when they fall apart. Yeah, yeah, they really do Absolutely. because they can't. Some of them can't step out of the door yeah. and find somebody to talk to. Mm-hmm. And that's you know? when things like loneliness comes in. It's yes. like sometimes like how can yeah. how can men be lonely? It just doesn't seem to. But um, Fiona, on the on, just on the point, I mean, through a private consultation that we had, yeah. through your research of men's sheds, you noticed yeah. that there was a. I, was, I don't want to use the terminology, a business term, a gap in the market. But you you Yo, you yeah. saw that. Young, there's there's something there's, very there's, much lacking. Yeah, young yeah. men weren't, weren't sort of have access to such sheds and you wanted Absolutely. to change that. So how did you embrace that and what happened? Um, the problem you face when you set up a shed is, again, it's got this, that comes with a stigma of men's sheds are just for all men. Mm. Um, we had to face that from right from the start. And I said, well, we're going to have to make sure we stand out as very different, very independent and doing something completely to go against that. So we, from from the get-go, we said it's open to all men over 18. We got the dartboard, we got the PS4, we did the whole cheesy, you know, everything that we think might bring in younger men. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're lucky enough that one day a a younger guy um, who's 20 and a student, a politics student, walked in and said, I I need some some support, I need some help. Mm -hmm. And because of that, that sort of paved the way for other younger men. And he's also spreading the word about us. He tells other people about us. And that did help break down some of the stigma. And um, we've sort of had other young men kind of mm. saying, well, maybe I could come as well. But we've made it very clear from the start. Mm. The shed is not a therapy group. It's not a, you know what I mean? It's not a, only for guys who've got problems. And you have to be you have to be very open about that yes. because you don't want to put off men who go, well, I don't have any problems. What's this about, <laughs> you know? And what you do find is we've had guys come in like that and... Yet they will find in a few weeks they're starting to say, oh, well, I've got this going on, you know. And especially oh, in our region board. where we have oh, absolutely. young men and, and suicide stuff. It's it's very, it's yeah, because yeah, yeah. I mean, um, the, the, that, uh, I want to touch on that when Dean comes back, hopefully, if he does at some point. Because yeah, um, just let people know he's down at the room for a second. Is, um, yeah, there's a, the, the, the advantage of being self, um, self-funded self and yes. having making your own decisions, I think, yeah. which is something yeah. I want to talk about with you later. But Jim, who was just talking for a second ago, I want to go back to him because um, the reason we wanted to talk to you, Jim, is about 
about like because you were touching on a very very good point about the wider problems that men might face to open up and all this sort of thing so from a personal point of view in relation to the blading shed like how has it helped you um explore that uh, in terms of you being more open and having stuff to do i imagine is it that kind of thing um for me it's more of a um uh, uh, personal um thing whereby i can do things yes so because of my practical abilities and nature um i it for me because i've retired yes um i've been able to go back down to the west country and bring my bike back Mm -hmm. and um for the last since august yes my bike's been here since august where i've completely stripped it down dismantled it entirely we saw it before Um, yeah we had the pleasure of seeing it yeah we've seen it we've seen it yeah um so it's allowing me the space and the time to be able to rebuild it mm-hmm. um, at home now I don't have the space yeah. to uh, to kind of to, to do that mm-hmm. um, so for me it's it's somewhere where I can just do things yeah make things yeah um, cobble together all kinds of stuff yeah uh, but he also from, gets to use his skills to teach yeah, other guys now exactly, yeah, yeah. Have you worked so, with ch- ch- sort of challenging well, individuals then? And I've had three careers. Right. My first career was as an, uh, an engineer. Okay. So I did my uh, engineering apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. Then I became a teacher. Um, then I became a gas engineer. So during my time as a teacher, I worked with um, uh, special needs students, mm-hmm. okay. uh, along with normal students as well. Okay, yeah. But those with special needs um, from uh, kind of um, 16 to 21-year-olds, around that age group. Okay. Um, so they were really quite challenging individuals, some mm-hmm. of them. Some of them were really challenging. Yeah. Um, and from that, I kind of learned, well, you have to learn, um, how to deal with people in yeah. a style, in a manner that is suitable for you. Yes. Not just something that you learn um, verbatim uh, from somebody mm. else. You have to develop your own kind of way of doing things yeah. and working with people. And, um, um, and, and I kind of did my thing. Yeah. And with... Lots of humour. I'm <laughs> yes. not really very funny, but I, I seem, disagree. I seem to be. I able, disagree. I see. I can't tell a joke. <laughs> I can't tell a joke for the life. Of me. Uh, but you just naturally I, funny. I though. can make you're people, naturally funny. I can engage with people and make them laugh. Yeah, it's good to let people's guard down to make that them laugh. That is true. Yeah. It, it does, does help. Yeah, it, it, it it's helped a great deal of men they, here. They actually, laugh, they giggle. It yeah. really um, has helped a lot. They, they, they let their guards down and they open up to you. Yeah, because it's psychologically making them less fu- less threatened. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, the girls didn't have too much of a problem with that anyway. Yes. Um, I mean, we did have um, uh, male and female staff, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, uh, with the boys, it was always more difficult, mm-hmm. much more difficult, because their guards were always up. But once you've gotten through their out barriers... You could kind of engage with them really as just like with normal people. Yeah. And they you know, could be really funny too. Mm-hmm. And those skills have come in very handy here as well. Yeah. Because um, we've had guys 
in all kind from all kinds of situations, haven't we? Here, yeah. Um, and again, with Jim being our sort of go-to guy, who if you want to know how to do anything, it's always we ask Jim. <laughs> and, and that, that comes in when you've got new members who either want yeah. to learn skills, new skills, or mm. you know adapt themselves or, or you know um, skill up. They can go to gym, and because he can put them at ease, he's approachable mm. with them. He's friendly. Yeah, he'll be uh, have them laugh, and, and it's it just breaks down those barriers, doesn't it? Just- so that's it for part two of our interview with Jim, Dean and Fiona from the Blade and Shed. And now we're going to play part three at some point later in the show towards the end of the second hour, actually, uh, where we talk more in depth about some examples of how th- th- they have helped some men in similar situations to Jim and how they've managed to help them overcome their problems and learn to, be, you know, learn to uh, integrate themselves back into society and all that kind of thing. And also, more importantly, how how anyone can get involved, basically anyone over 18 who is male, um, how they can get involved in this project and this wonderful idea to create a shed where men can be men, essentially. Um, so we'll play that later in the show, but right now we're going to take a break for some ads and a song, and then we'll be right back in the studio with myself and Ricky right after this. For the community, by the community. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. Welcome to your community announcement answer machine. To broadcast your community announcement on Spice FM free of charge, call 0191273988. Select option 3 and record your message. No more messages. Spice FM 98.8 FM. Went to blade and racist was on the 9th of June in 1862 on a summer's afternoon. I took the bus from Bamboras and she was heavy laden. Away we went up Collingwood Street, that's on the road to Bladen. Oh, me lads, you should have seen us gunning. Passing the folks along the road just as they were standing. There were lots of lads and lasses there, all with smiling faces. Gunning along the Scotswood Road to see the Bladen races. We flew past Anson's factory and up to the Robin Adair. Just got into doing the railway bridge, the bus wheel flew off there. The lasses lost the crinolines and the veils that hide their fiestas. I got two black eyes and a broken nose, got into blade and races. Now when we got the wheel put on, the way we went again. And them that had their noses broke, they went back our yen. So went to the dispensary and some to Dr. Gibbs's And some to the infirmary to mend our broken ribs Oh, me lads, you should have seen us gunning Past the folks along the road just as they were standing There were lots of lads and lasses there, all were smiling faces Gunning along the Scotchwood Road to see the bleeding faces now when we got to paradise to his bunny gunning zone Though a four and twenty on the bus, man, how they danced and sung They called on me to sing a song, I sang them Paddy Fagan I danced and jig and I swung me twig the day we went to Bladen We flew across the chain bridge right into Bladen tune. The bellman he was calling there, they called him Jackie Broom I saw him talking to some chaps and them he was persuading The gunner see Jordy Ridley showing the mechanics held it bleeding Oh, me lads, you should have seen us gunning Passing the folks along the road just as they were standing There were lots of lads and lasses there, all were smiling faces Gunning along the Scotswood Road 
want to see the bleeding faces. The rain had poured down all the day and made the groom quite muddy. Coffee Johnny had a white hat on, and yeah, we stole a cuddy. There were spice styles and monkey shoes and old wife selling cider. And a chap in a hapney rode a boot and now me lad for riders. Oh, me lad, you should have seen us gannin'. Passing the folks along the road just to say we're standing. There were lots of lads and lasses there, all were smiling faces. Gannin' along the Scotswood Road to see the bleeding faces. I got a I got a very nice chuckle from Ricky there because <laughs> you went oh Stephen took <laughs> <laughs> me a good few seconds um, though yeah because oh, it's a different version yeah um so just to credit the person who I got that um off um the internet from uh, that was Michael Goonan uh, with Blade and Races um like he apparently did like a comp he does a compilation of songs. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so uh, welcome back, obviously, so that was part two. As you may have heard, because I still had the microphone playing uh, when we played part two of that Blade and Shed thing, is that it wasn't the part where Ricky asked the question, that's in part three. So a little a little small error I did there, so I apologise, I, I forgot which order we were doing them in. So um, so anyway, yeah, so that was obviously talking to Jim and to um, uh, Dean and Fiona about the sort of, uh, the reason for having a men's shed, uh, why in Bladen, how it all got set up, how they're self-financed and all that kind of thing, and the pros and cons of that. And in part three, which we're going to play in about ten minutes' time, we're going to try and go a little bit over two because we were a little bit late with all the errors, with all the the um, waiting. For, you know, we had some technical issues at the right at the beginning, so we're going to try and do a little bit over. So hopefully, anyone who's listening on Spice, don't interrupt us if you can, because we'd like to do everything that we were planning on doing. So, um, so yeah, we're going to play part three in the next uh, in the next while. So we'll try and hopefully we fixed that Joanne is here, but if not, we'll rearrange. So let's see now if I can get her uh, on the phone. Can you hear us now, Joanne? No. I'm guessing not. So there's some sort of issue, because she cannot hear her at all. Um, uh, And then, uh, so if I do this... Are you still there, Joanne? No. No, she's gone. Um, so there's some sort of problem with the phone lines. Maybe maybe they've mentioned this on the thing and it's not working. So unfortunately, she can't hear us. Um, okay. So if you can hear us, Joanne, through some sort of weird way, just hang up on us and we will, um, we'll have to discuss on a later date having you on because um, this isn't the, the phone line's not working for some particular <coughs> reason. Um, which is a shame Did because you say I was, it was excited. Mike, Mike mention the WhatsApp thing, was it? No, I'm saying it might, they might have done, but I haven't had a chance okay. to check it, so right. they might have said that the phone line wasn't working for some mm-hmm. reason. Like, so basically this channel might not be working, so she can't, we can't hear her through okay. the, okay. that might be what the issue is. So anyway, well, never mind. Um, so unfortunately, I'll just, I'll just, um, hang up on her so she knows that we're not, uh, doing this. Well, anyway, that means we can kind of like it be a little bit more, um, thingy to time anyway, because we we're a little bit behind. But apologies to, um, to Joanne for, we've tried a couple of times we'll unsuccessfully. So yeah, we'll talk to her after, at the uh, after the show about rearranging. So she was the regional developer for Papyrus, which is a charity dedicated to the prevention of young suicide, which obviously would have been a good segue based on the stuff that we've talked about, but it seems the phone line's not working today, so we will try at a later date. Um, but yeah, so um, so how do you think, um, I guess, we never really get this opportunity to kind of like do a summary of the show because it's always so jam-packed on anything, but yeah. did you think the shows went well, Ricky? <laughs> it's um, It's been as good as it, it, it can be under the circumstances, um, yeah. I'm still... I'm still thinking a lot about what, what we from reflecting from Jill's interview. Yeah, um, it it's is not often you meet someone who's sadly lost someone dear to them through this mm-hmm. sort of method, 
Um, but she spoke incredibly well, and um, yeah, it'd be great to have her. And uh, just to, just for listeners at home, um, it, it, Glenn's dad, Richard, was also in the studio. So oh he, yeah, he yeah. was sitting there, just yeah. behind her. Yeah. yeah so um, yeah, otherwise, <laughs> and uh, I made this remark to you before about what in in the past because we had three cancellations this week. Yes, and it was just 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 so handy that we had like a, a big pre-record to play. Yeah, because that was a situation we had in previous shows of cancellations. We had yeah. pre-recorders backup, so um. We were, we're unlucky and lucky at the same time, if that makes sense. We had we had we had a fill in there, mm-hmm. um, and you'll hear part three shortly. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, we're gonna we'll play it in the next couple of minutes actually. So what, do you, what was your? You've never been to Blade before. Was that your first time? Playing? Yeah, because I made that joke at the beginning of the interview that saying that like I've I've now fulfilled my Geordiness <laughs> because you know going to the game and everything, and I've never been to Blade. And was that, yeah. that was, so that wasn't your first time? No, been a while ago I passed through a few times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I've never really been in that area. Really, like that area of that. Well, I can I always see. I can always see like across the Tyne, like the the sort of as far as Derwent side, and you can see Bladen. Um, and and I was quite quite glad that Fiona and Dean agreed with me that there should be a bridge that connects the West End to that part that part across the water, so I could become a regular a more regular visitor Bladen and other places along there. You know, if there was such a thing, but. Um, yeah, for 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 viewers, for listeners, it's just along to the metro centre, just like a short sort of five ten minute bus ride. But yeah, a nice little town. Nice mm-hmm. little town. No, it is as well. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, yeah, it had a, a little bit of everything, and I joked as well when we were walking out of Bladen Shed that I was like, oh, there's a Slimming World sign there because <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey, yeah, they're everywhere. Because yeah, yeah. my my partner and I, well, my partner mainly is doing Slimming World, but I'm doing all the, uh, we we have all the meals together. Um, you know, um, and uh, yeah, it's just kind of fun that there's like loads of them signs everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. um, you know, other weight uh, companies are available. I'm just making the point of that. I saw a sign there. Um, so yeah, actually, that's what we'll do then is we'll play part three and then we have an opportunity to come back and end the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll just play part three now um, and then we'll we'll discuss the, the we'll just wrap up um, today's show um, in, a, in a bit. So but this part three um is uh so it is basically of how blade and shed has helped other people not just jim because you heard i heard jim in part two talking eloquently about how he's like helped in post-retirement um but they gave she um fiona in particular gives more examples of some of those people mm-hmm. they've helped mm-hmm. in the three years that the shed's been around mm-hmm. and also discuss future plans about what they would like to do and um, sort of branch it out to do more opportunity to bit to make more sheds in more mm-hmm. towns mm-hmm. um and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. um so yeah so this is our part three of um, Jim uh, with Jim, Dean and Fiona from the Bladen Shed um, and then we'll wrap up the, today's edition of Mentally Sound uh, when we come back Can you describe in a wider context just some of the examples of the turnarounds you've seen in individuals, what it's done oh, for them and wow, uh, yeah we had one guy um, he wasn't uh, he was actually the same age as me so he was 43 mm-hmm. um, he'd been in isolation um, self-imposed uh, for 9 years right he went down a bad road with drinks, uh, drinking drugs, mm. and basically ended up losing his family, his partner, access mm. to his children. Um, mm. His kids got uh, grew up and they didn't want anything to do with him. He lost his job, so he's basically on his own. Mm. Came to us. Obviously, his social filters were were just not in place. Mm. His behaviour was kind of erratic, mm-hmm. um, and he he came to us sort of not able to look look at look us in the eye. He, he head down, you know, shaking. Yeah. visibly sort of nervous and within I think he was only here I think just under four months mm-hmm. and from going from that we saw him at the end of the four months he was in the workshop he was joining in with projects yeah. he was showing other guys how to use tools 
and we just had word that he has got back in touch with his family oh, and has just been great. introduced to his baby granddaughter for the first time. Oh, fantastic. He's got okay. a job and he's completely turned his life around. Great. Another example, you said that some like he was caring for his terminal partner and comes for respite. Yeah, we had that. We've had that on several occasions. Yeah. Um, so that's gentlemen. not uncommon then. It's quite a. It's quite yeah. common. Yeah. Right, yeah, it's a sort of more amongst the older gentlemen who yeah. who've been looking after their wives um, for some time, and they sort of rely very heavily on this place for the respite. Mm-hmm. And then what we find is once they've they've lost their partners. Mm-hmm. They rely on the place even more yeah. because mm-hmm. they've got the friendships they've made here, they've got the camaraderie, and they've also got the distraction of coming here mm-hmm. and just being able to do something that mm-hmm. takes them out of their, their situation, mm-hmm. their grief. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a good therapeutic tool for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we've got younger men here as well who are dealing with all kinds of mental health problems, depression, um, eating disorders, anxiety. Um, so again, we're seeing the difference that with them. We've got men who are who will open up to them and share skills with them. Mm-hmm. We've got older men who will show the younger guys how to, how to do DIY and basic mm-hmm. skills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the younger guys will often show some of the older guys how to use sort of phones and tablets. Yeah. So there's a real skill mix there. There's a Brilliant. skill sharing mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got a lot of, of course, a lot of young men who maybe haven't had a dad around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and have been very badly mm-hmm. mentally health affected, you know, mm-hmm. that respect as well. Um, who haven't had a positive role model in their lives, who will, who really suffer for that, they can come here and they do get that kind of positive role model. Mm-hmm. So they'll have one of the guys who will sort of take them under their wing. Mm-hmm. So there's that benefit as well, which yeah. is is phenomenal, and you see real changes. Has the shed as well become a? Because I describe our radio show in a similar context that whilst it wasn't in the original criteria. We've yeah. almost become like a signposting thing because Absolutely. due to cuts that's yeah. going around in the area, especially, I don't know what it's like in, in this part Absolute, of the Northeast, yes, but bad, yeah. you might want to expand on that. Absolutely. We um, we were con- we had, we comment on Facebook on our, we've got a really uh, good Facebook group, as you, as you know, yeah. Ricky, you're a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we, we were commenting on the other week, we work with over 50 agencies around the region now. Um, from mental health charities to befriending services to, again, to the acquired brain injuries unit in Sunland mm. and everywhere in between. And what we actually realised is, is we didn't actually contact a single one of them ourselves. Right. One got in touch with us originally, came to visit us yeah. and basically started referring us and referring us and referring us. And before we knew it, it's not a week goes by, we don't have some agency or charity coming to visit us. And saying, right, well, I'll take your information and I'll share it with all the team meetings and the other, the other staff. So they refer and refer and refer. So we're getting social referrals from uh, GPs now as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So from specialist nurses. Okay. From Absolutely. Occupational both. therapists. Yeah. Word of mouth, essentially. Absolutely, has started, yeah. to, to work. Um, we've only got a few minutes left. So what I want to do is um, there's a few things I want to uh, ask. Because um, I know I said about being self-funded. Yeah. And I think just as a summary... Um, is it fair to say that the the, the the good advantage of being self-funded, although like the money's not there and you're not as regulated as yeah. much, um, which which again can be a positive, is that the, you, it sounds like based on the examples that you gave and Jim just talked about his story, was right. that um, the scope of who you can help is oh, much wider Very than you know so. because I, I find yeah. working in I've worked in grant uh, I used to work for um, the YMCA yeah, um, and the grant money about, is yeah. just always associated with a particular type of person. Yes. There's so many conditions yes. and, and rings you've got to jump through. Yeah. You have to spend that money a certain way mm-hmm. and for certain things. So, and it's, yeah, you are very much tied, aren't you? You are mm-hmm. committed to what you can spend that on. 
Um, Dean is basically self-taught as our fundraising officer, funding officer. Yeah. Um, he did it from scratch. He learned it from the ground up. He'd never done anything like that before. Um, so that was a bit of a baptism of fire, wasn't well, it? Well, yes, it was, yeah. Like I say, I'm not an office guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a physical job. I, I'm, I'm not a paperwork guy. Yeah. But uh, somebody needed to do the job felt Had to learn it, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So... Uh, yes, I spend a lot of time ferreting around, scratching around for uh, for little funds, little people um, who are generously giving away money out there. The donors, are, yeah, yeah, donors, yeah. etc. Um, small trust charitable trusts yeah. and funds yeah, and like that, to, to get in enough money for us to to keep going. Mm-hmm. And um, the really good thing about that is, like you say, small funds do not ask you to be to the nth degree. Serving one particular. They have less conditions. Seven. Yes, essentially. Oh, yeah. far, yeah. far fewer restrictions. Far fewer yeah. restrictions. Far fewer conditions, which means you can help whoever you can help. Yeah, yeah. yeah. whoever we can practically Fantastic. help yeah. is who we actually target. <laughs> yeah. Um, Before I, I want to um, ask you, Jim, about um, a sort of summary about it. But uh, what I wanted to ask is you're out, uh, Deems out of the room that I mentioned earlier. I just just saw something now. Um, we were talking about, um, uh, you know, as you were walking out, you may remember we were talking about um, men uh, being trep for men, mm-hmm. which is what Fiona was saying about, um, you know, treating, that, that, like, understanding, and, and Jim touched on this, about it takes years sometimes for a man to, to trust somebody because yeah. of the, the upbringing they may have had and, yeah. you yeah. know, the camaraderie of and, and trusting someone in that sense. I'm just curious because, obviously, with it being a partnership, you and Fiona, uh, in, in, in this sense as well as, as privately, obviously, is, is just, do, do you agree with that principle? Um, yes, Absolutely agree with it. And I think the problem, uh, the major problem is with a lot of co- uh, current culture is that that way of coping with things, that way of dealing with emotions and, s- and socialising is denigrated and treated as less than the way women socialise, the way women open up. Yeah. That is tre- it's, point, it's something that mm. men should not be doing. It's demonised, actually. It's treated as though you're being somehow unfeeling or... Not manly. Not, yeah. Well, you know, or, or just, yeah. you know, you're being old-fashioned or, or wrong or something. And mm. it, or even weak. No, mm. the yeah. bonds that men can uh, get together in, in that way are stronger because they're more natural. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. No. it's yeah, not absolutely. Uh, yeah. the 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 friendships you can you can get with a bloke by working with him yeah. and knowing you can rely on that person. A natural, not only to men as a whole, but absolutely natural to this region. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's also recognizing that's as our well. Culture and our past. Yeah. yeah, it's also recognizing yeah. as well. There's different ways to help people because, like you know, like I, I have friends like from school who I've known yeah. like 20 plus years, and yeah. and uh, they don't necessarily we don't necessarily have to sit down and talk about some really serious subject matter yeah. for them to help me. They help nope. me by um, exactly. distraction. They help yeah. me by humor, yeah. which we touched on with Jim. You can be with you know, something, um, and you can be with somebody and doing something. Yeah, there's um, so many ways and, to and, be and helped. Having spent yeah. a day doing something with somebody productive. Yeah. Doesn't matter what the actual end was. Exactly. Um, it reminds me of the Time to Change campaign, which is my, my, one of my favourite current campaigns where they have like oh, BMS. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, I love they, that, and it yeah. says on the on the back, doesn't it? Yeah. Is one of your friends <coughs> missing? Has he been missing for a while? Or why yes. not get in touch? It's really yeah. really, really good campaign. Call, yeah. 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 yeah, it's a really really good campaign. Yeah. So Jim, um, before we summarise, before we summarise how people can get involved, I think that should be the last yeah. last question. Is that yeah. how would you how would you summarise their uh, sort of coming to 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 bleed and shed? And if there's people listening to this program who are from this area, what would be your sort of way of describing coming um, here and how it how it helps? Well, it can help any male 
18 plus, mm-hmm. um, to grow a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, cause, because especially for young, uh, younger men, they simply don't, a lot of them simply don't have the mechanical abilities that um, men normally should feel they should have. Yes. Right, because historically, it's always been the men that do the the the, the DIY yeah, manual stuff labor, like yeah. manual labor, yeah, 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 all those kinds of things. Um, where this and and this is the kind of place where they could really easily learn how to yeah. put up shelf mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all those kinds of things. Yeah, make something on a, a, a turn a table leg, if you mm-hmm. want to, on a, on a wood turning leg, yeah. um, or a bowl something like that it's easily achievable yeah mm. it's a good way of putting when, it when it's somewhere like this you can achieve those little things that you've always wanted to do great it's a great summary because mm. um, yeah one of the things I think um, and thank you for sharing your story James much appreciated um, uh, it's just to say I think a good summary and because we've we got the, the as Dean jokingly referred to the grand two hour show. We felt very VIP. Um, it yeah, even though you went, it's the same as everyone else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, but yeah, um, but I think that the serious point to this, um, having looked around, is that I think the huge advantage you have, and I, and I, as I say, I've worked in small projects, I've worked in big charities before, and I think the, the key to this, which is nice, is that I love the fact that you said as well, because I mean, Jim mentioned the practical application of, of learning how to do a shelf or doing yeah. something to distract yourself or whatever it was yeah. but you said to us and it was only a passing comment and I remembered it very well is that you went but then I sit in here and if someone wants to come and talk to me they can come yeah. and talk to me yeah. and, I, and I think essentially and we find this talking to so many people we've done this for a few years now yeah. is that the one thing that keeps a person happy is choice Yes, mm-hmm. ha- having the it. choice yeah. to do yeah. something, yeah, and yeah. um, because if they are forced into doing something over and over exactly. again, it loses yeah. the ability to be effective. That's um, it. And so you know, like, uh, and I think that's really, in essence, why doing something like this for yeah. scale or small money, amount of money, however you want to phrase it, is a reason it works because you, it's grassroots yeah. level um, yeah. of helping people. So mm-hmm. continued success. Um, Thank you. Um, so just to be clarified, is it really as simple as people listening to this? Is if you're over 18 and male you can come here there's no other criteria absolutely yeah, it's a pound a session it's yeah. one pound a session which great. basically just helps us keep the tea and coffee going great yeah um, piss the tea bags and uh, that's for a, it for a pound I mean it's, just, it's a not like a pound for the whole like, day like, exactly it's not a pound like yeah. a day for just an hour like it's, no, like, it's, you can, it's a pound, just a pound for a whole day, day. for the yeah. whole day yep absolutely and, uh, you mentioned classes is that there, yes there, we now yeah. run a, a craft class for women as well uh, between 3 and 5 on a Tuesday but that's after the shed closes yeah because it's 11 3 o'clock yeah Yes, level three for men. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it's keeping that very separate. Mm-hmm. So and as, as Ricky joked as, as well, which I, th- I think he's completely right, is it has a shed feel, which I think it you, does. Shouldn't wanna yes. you shouldn't want to lose. You shouldn't want to lose. It's like a big, big shed. We're rustic. We're yeah, rustic. Yeah, rustic. Rustic. yeah, that's yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, royalties are coming Ricky's way, I feel. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> the Checks in the post. Yeah. Anyway, it was my, a huge pleasure. Um, my, my room resembles a garage. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, it does. Down with the smell. Down with the smell. Yeah. 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 yeah.
which is absolutely. great. Absolutely, anyway. they can they can join our Facebook group as well. Great. Um, what what is that? How the Blade and Shed. The Blade and Shed, Shed yeah. and the Blade and Shed group. We have two. And people, guys can come from come afar, can't they? Isn't absolutely. We don't have a Castle area, right? So we've got guys. That's nice. That's always frustrating. Castle Costas. If you can get here, you can come here. That's it, essentially. You come here. Much or as little as you like. speaking, we have a member who lives in Brighton. We do. Wow. Right. We do. We even right. have a wow. right. yes. Um So can you just say where the address for this is? Because obviously I'm not, I'm, for example, I'm not from Bladen, so I have no idea. So sat now people might uh, We are in the basement rooms of St. Cuthbert's Community Hall, which mm-hmm. is on Shipton Road in Bladen. And the postcode is NE215PT. Great, so you can drop in. And there's a Facebook presence, any other online presence? That's it, we just have a Facebook page. You're on Instagram, aren't you? You are on Instagram. Kind of. In a shaky sort of way. In a a very shaky, unsteady. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, great. Well, considering. That's that's Trump's land, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) It's beyond me, put it that way. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, but I mean, I I guess uh, to to end on, it's just amazing considering it's essentially, I know you touched on it before we started recording about um, having some volunteers here and there mm-hmm. but it's mainly just you two guys and whoever whoever Pretty comes much, in and yeah. helps like Jim who yeah. gives his time up obviously yeah. um, so it's, it's amazing that you do this so congrats and just Thank keep you. up with it because it's been a few years now three years I think three years in March yeah wow so keep up with it um, <laughs> I imagine it's not easy to keep running something like this as well <laughs> no, it so. is it the future it's just to keep going yeah. or do you have plans we want to go we want to open more hours we want to open more days we want to be open seven days a week eventually yeah what days aren't you open Tuesday Tuesdays and Fridays. Well, Tuesdays and Fridays at the moment. Uh, okay. Yeah, right. So mm-hmm. hopefully we'll get some funding and mm-hmm. some staff mm-hmm. in for that. That makes sense is why we always want to do but Tuesdays. That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's also slightly flexible as well. Yes. Yeah, yes. true. So yeah. if anyone's needed to do something oh, particular, yeah. we, we can come in. Like book the yeah. area, basically. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. Like, because the yeah. space is yours all the exactly. time, I'm assuming. Exactly, you've got the so, space, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. That would be really nice, like yeah. We're looking to have start have our open days as well from Great. Easter, and we've got a, a shout out at the moment for the garden to be done as a project. Yeah, Dean was telling us. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah so I desperately need to do them. So we eventually want that to be a community garden, so we can have barbecues for the community. And a well, sensory I, I, garden out there and all sorts. But I did hear with how big it was, though. You can make a Jurassic Park world. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't <laughs> set him off. Do not <laughs> set him off. Do not encourage him. He's dinosaur crazy. Don't set him off. Do not set him off. And we, I actually we didn't realise that. I was just making a joke about how big the cross was. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. we, we, we would absolutely love to invite you guys to join as members of the Blade and Shed as well. Oh, oh that's yeah. cool. I would love to. Yeah. Yeah, and can um, we also invite you to the studio as well? Because we'd love to have you there. Absolutely. We have to get ourselves organised. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, it'll be a bit of a trek from here, so but it'll be, can, but yeah. it's, it's good, and it's like obviously yeah. every, it's a, it's in a, a centre, so you've got like a car park and stuff. So yeah, um, yeah, it's great. I mean, it's a little small little studio. It's probably not. It's not too far off this side of that room actually. <laughs> oh, we'll be installed then. Yeah. But yeah, so you'll feel fine. <laughs> we yeah. would love to. Thank but great. Um, thank so you that's no, you're very welcome, yeah. and thanks Lovely for the hospitality. Yeah. Um, it's a pleasure having you. Great. So um, what we're going to do now is take a break, obviously, because um, we would have been playing this for most of the segment. So um, we're going to play some ads now, and then we're going to play some music and then we'll be back in the studio with ourselves right after this which isn't actually true ladies and gentlemen well i'm back to mentally sound because we realize that we're close to two o'clock um so we will be going a slightly little bit over just to end the show and um, so welcome back to the studio uh, live in the studio with myself and ricky on mentally sound so that was part three with fiona dean and jim and huge thank you to them for their hospitality mm-hmm. on tuesday because obviously we did a quite a trek to get to bladen mm-hmm. as i say i am i don't i feel like i've sold my geordie roots now that i feel that i'm full geordie i've 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 took i've went to the mecca that is 
of Leiden. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've fulfilled a lifetime goal is what I told them. But, uh, you know, so it was nice to actually go to Bladen hearing the song for so long. Um, and so, yeah, Hugh, thank you for the hospitality. Thank you for Jim for being honest and Dean and Fiona to talk openly about the Bladen Shed. Um, and as they touched on you for more information, you can um, you can type in the Bladen Shed on Facebook and uh, and find more information if you're in the Bladen area. And um, the good thing about that, which you might have heard in the inter- in the interview, is that there's no criteria in terms of region either. So if you mm-hmm. can make it, because there's a guy apparently comes all the way from Brighton mm-hmm. whenever he's got some spare time mm-hmm. to come to this workshop. So mm-hmm. um, so it's not anything to do with regions like you know GPs are a lot mm-hmm. of the time for um, mm-hmm. for how you can get treatment. So mm-hmm. um, so it's just a place to hang out and to learn skills and mm-hmm. to recover maybe get some respite care because mm-hmm. i know that they offer that too mm-hmm. um so yeah huge thank you to them for the for the hospitality and inviting us down and uh, as honorary members now of the blade and shed <laughs> <coughs> oh pardon me <coughs> uh, yeah because um so yeah we can say that from now on it'll be like yeah we're honorary members of the blade because we actually did fill in some forms and became yeah. members so Anything to add, Ricky, before we wrap things up on today's edition? Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I thought it was a good. Um, despite despite a few things going wrong, I think we we, we pulled it off. And yeah, so we apologies, were, yeah, yeah, to Joanne obviously, and to the audience for hearing us trying to get the phone yeah. working a couple of times. There must be some sort of issue that we're not aware of, because um, she couldn't hear us, or we couldn't hear her once we mm. transferred her onto the board. So. Um, yeah, that's obviously a problem. So we'll try and we should have the phone back in a couple of weeks. Usually, if there's some sort of problem like this, it's fixed rather quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just a bit of a shame. I just want to mention as well because we've obviously talked about this in a very suicide-heavy show. So I want to say the Samaritans number one last time is to just say it's all one nine one two three two seven two seven two. So if you have any um, suicidal thoughts or um, you feel that you can't you know connect to someone who you know then that is the number you should call to get some uh, you know um, genuine um, you know care and um, and someone to listen to um, and also like we say with Papyrus they, they do you know you could maybe go on Papyrus's website yep. if you are um, you know prevention of young suicide so they can help you um, and we signpost a number of different organizations so please do um, try and seek help as best you can um, I guess the good summary to end this edition of the show like well, this this could be true of any show that we do is there is help out there if mm-hmm. you're willing to look hard enough mm-hmm. because the problem with having no money or lack of awareness of a lot of these things is you don't know where to turn but my point is if you ask enough questions and ask enough people there are charities and organizations out there that are that do do what maybe the nhs or your gp isn't willing to do so if your gp mm-hmm. is not giving you something or that which is usually the case mm-hmm. there is hope out there mm-hmm. um and please do tell somebody if you're going through a difficult time um yeah. very, very sad situation that that glenn had to wait months and you know, yeah which is sadly so. he's one of many examples yeah. of that yeah, yeah which we've talked about so yeah because we yeah. always advocate as you say as a part of a disclaimer is to get help i mean mm. We don't want to. We don't want to be. A con- we don't want to contradict ourselves. Say, get help. You'll get help. You know, in months, months time. You know, that's not the case. We want to uh, project across that. We'd like to think that when you ask for help, you get it reasonably, reasonably swiftly. So. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. So um, a huge thank you, um, a huge thank you to Jill Dixon. So as we just touched on, who talked about Aston Glenn, who's doing a sponsored walk. Um, obviously, check, go and check out um, to Paradise for Glenn on Facebook to find more information about when that's happening. Um, to Fiona and Dean Teasdale from the Blade and Shed, as well as Jim, who was a, a guy who uses that facility. And apologies to hopefully she'll come on uh, the next show. Uh, is Joanne Hitchens from Papyrus, who we didn't get a chance to talk to. Um, so yeah, that's that's it for today's edition on the eighth of February of the first show of February. Um, for Mentally Sound here on Spice FM 98.8 FM. If you like what you hear, uh, please do consider going onto iTunes and various other things on our Facebook page where you can find all the previous shows that we've done. My voice is going, as you can probably tell. Yeah. Like, that's, not, that's not good. Um, so, yeah. Um, Twitter, really Instagram, we're all yep. out there. So, yeah. Yep, exactly. Please do follow us. Yeah, Instagram, Twitter, at underscore mentally sound. I'm at geek underscore apocalypse. Ricky is at vivid Ricky. Um, and that's it for today's edition. We're going to play, which is kind of a nice, uplifting song from the Gladiator soundtrack. I've been listening to this a lot recently. Now We Are Free, which is a fantastic song. Um, Hans Zimmer. One of the greatest composers oh, yes. of all I time. I like his stuff. Um, so yeah, this is a fantastic song. If you if you've ever seen Gladiator, which is a Russell Crowe film, you would hear know this song, and it's like a sort of African feel mm. to it. It's a very powerful song, and I think a good way to end because it's quite uplifting. I find it always makes me cry when I hear it. So, mm. um, luckily the microphones will be off because no one wants to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, right. That's it for today's edition. Uh, have a great rest. Have a great weekend, and we will see you in two weeks' time for our last February show. Yep. Of 2019. So take care, guys. Uh, keep being mentally sound. Yes. And uh, we will see you in two weeks. Goodbye. Thanks, guys. Take care.